Oh, man. Okay. Uh, do we have all of the giggles out? That Well, I guess they're never truly out since they come up on the show um, a lot. I don't think we're... I don't think... I think if, if we have run out of giggles, we, we'd be having a different conversation right now. What's on follow-up? The first item on follow-up is controversial emoji use, which has an upside-down smiley face next to it. And I think you added this one because if I added it, I have no idea what it's about. Oh, I thought you added it because I'm not sure. <laughs> I remember what this is about. Uh, I think it was just because you were sneaking the upside down emoji that I'm like not a huge fan of into like a lot of the tweets and the I was the social posts, and I was like, wait a minute, and then and then you were like terrorizing me on social media. Terrorizing is a strong word. I Twitter kindly was like, Kindly. you may find the content in this tweet upsetting, is what Twitter told me. What? <laughs> and yeah. It's a bit much. <laughs> Everyone's being dramatic. <laughs> no one's dramatic. This is an accurate description of events. <laughs> and then I unfurled the tweets and lo and behold, the Twitter department of the Make Work Work <laughs> podcast was just purposefully, for their own glee, just... Just being controversial. That's the only way I can put it. Uh, okay, well, the Twitter department, maybe we should have a talk with whoever is in that department. It yeah. Sounds like they're Our- off the rails a little bit. Um, but yes, that that tweet was I shared, uh, for the listeners who haven't seen it, I'll share a link to it. And if you're not on Twitter, I'll just describe it quickly. I shared a list of Habby's least like emojis, which we discussed last episode. But in between them, I put a clap in between each <laughs> one, which was the thing she didn't like. <laughs> And so Twitter blogged it for you. Uh, Yeah, that was great. (laughs) Rightfully so. Yeah. Rightfully so. Yeah. Yeah. That was great. That was triggering. It was really triggering. triggering. (laughs) Had to send it. It was probably the most controversial thing I've seen on Twitter, you know, in a long time. I highly doubt that, but... um, (laughs) Yeah, I... It's so funny because as soon as we recorded that episode... I started trying to find reasons to use the upside down smiley face because I think of all of the emojis that we talked about, mm-hmm. some of them you disliked. So like, yeah, the clapping one, that was, that's not what I plan on ever using again. I feel like I got like one, <laughs> you know, get out of jail free card with that. And that was, that's the end of that. So I'm not going to use that again. But the upside down smiley face one, you just didn't understand fully or something like that. So that one I felt like I could get away with using if I properly explained my case for it. So I used it on Twitter, I think more than yeah, once. Definitely. And I'm pretty sure I used it in our Make Work Work Slack. <laughs> definitely more than once. Also more than once. Just to start like introducing you to the but I realized you weren't and reacting on Instagram. Well, yeah, I would use it on Instagram. Like instead of just accepting that the emoji was a part of a conversation, you'd be like, oh that emoji is there. So like <laughs> I'm just not using it anymore because it defeats the purpose of a conversation if it's not like relaying in emotion or whatever it is that like highlights the conversation uh but yes i have been attempting to get away with more upside down smiley faces i also feel like i feel like there could be like the perfect case to use it but the problem with emojis is i feel like you quite often fall into using like the same default maybe seven yeah and then yeah like that one doesn't make sense in that top seven rotation in my opinion i don't even know if it's in my top seven it probably is 
No, it's probably a lot of hearts. Do you check on your phone? Do you want to do top seven? You did this on Ooh, Twitter, right? I did this on Twitter. Okay. Do you want to go first or do you want me to? Oh, should we do one and one and one? Sure. Okay. All right. There's one thing I never knew the answer to, and that is, does it go across or up and down? Oh, it goes up and down. Oh, does it go up and down? Okay. Yeah. Okay, you yeah. go first. Okay, my first top left emoji is the smiling with, like, a sweat bead at the top of the face. <laughs> That's my number person. two. <laughs> really? I use it so often. <laughs> I am, like, waiting for people to call me out for using it so often, and then it's going to be ruined, and then I have to be like, oh, my God, what am I going to use? Because I use that probably too much. But, yeah, that's my number Same. two. Wait, so what's your number one? My number one is the the pink card that is, like, a full size and has little, like, you know, it's like it's speeding. How do I send it to you? Oh, yes, you use that one all the time. I use that one all the time. Okay, yeah, I know what one you're talking about. Okay, so you have the pink cards first, and then the little smiley sweat emoji person Mm -hmm. on that one since i use that one so much at work someone uploaded this emoji (gasps) to slack called mild panic and since (laughs) i noticed that you use it so often i uploaded it to our slack too and you freaked out and i (laughs) love that emoji so i'm gonna share an image and also where you can download it for your own if it's like company or personal slacks and you want this for mild panic but it's essentially like the eyes of the the flushed face like mm-hmm. um, the really wide eyes of the flushed face with a smile mm-hmm. like a little smile like a slight smile and the sweat bead and it looks all together it looks hilarious and then you call it <laughs> mild panic and it, it's just like it fits really really well i actually used to use the flushed one all the time and then i realized <laughs> i was using it all the time so i kind of made the switch and i think I replaced it with the sweats. Maybe this is, again, just the constant anxiety. Of the constant anxiety my life. of my life. <laughs> it's just, sorry to bring the last episode back into this episode. Um, oh my gosh. But so the Miles Panic one is really good because it's like the merging of the two. Yeah, it's so perfect. I'll share it for the listeners to also share the joy with us in this incredible <laughs> yeah. emoji. Uh, okay, so my third is uh, the red heart. Wait, what's, what your was your, what's your number two? Oh, I totally forgot. Uh, my number two is the, like, blushing, smiling one. So sort oh, of like... Oh, the one that was, like, with the smaller eyes. The one with the bigger eyes. Oh, the one with the bigger eyes. So so no eyebrows. Because there's one that has eyebrows and little eyes and a mm-hmm. little smile. And then there's one that has, like, a bigger eye, bigger oh. eyes and a bigger smile. And so it's the bigger one. So it's, like, the default smiley. Because the normal smiley that's just, like, two dots and a smile looks so passive-aggressive. I never use that one. Does it? Yeah, I never use that we one. We use that one at work constantly, so I'm just used to that one. I always feel like it's the, like, I'm smiling, but my eyes don't move, which is like, <laughs> I'm going to kill you. <laughs> like, Yikes. Yikes. I feel like that's that one. Did you see that? I see it. There was like a How I Met Your Mother episode about it that was like, eyes and my, anyway. Oh, yeah. Okay, so number three, yeah, was about the heart, the red heart, right? Yep, number three for me is the red heart. What's your number three? It's the same. (laughs) (laughs) So cute. And number four? My number four is the hard eyes. Oh, that's like my seven. That's my number seven. Okay, okay. What's your number four? My number four is the one that has the also the bottom teeth, super wide smiling. I, you use that constantly. Yeah, (laughs) I know exactly what you're talking about. (laughs) 
It's so funny because I used to hate that one because I just thought it looked so dorky. And then <laughs> my dad used it and I could just like tell the joy that he was just like grinning in like a dad way. Yeah. And since then I was like, okay, I just use that one all the time now. Oh my gosh. That's cute. That's yeah. cute. Uh, okay. My fifth one is the laughing with the two tears coming out of the eyes. Yeah, that's my number six. Okay. Okay. What's your fifth one? My fifth is like the yellow heart. Yeah. You like a lot of various hearts. Yeah. My yellow heart has become like the default for like a, like a love, but not intimate love. You know, if you're just saying like, thank you. And it's slightly impersonal, but you want to be like nice. I like that. I feel like there has been some emoji escalation in the world because I remember when you only sent a heart to like your one true love. <laughs> but now everything's just become hearts everywhere. And like people, I think it's also because like the reactions on Instagrams are like little hearts. Yeah. So hearts just kind of become the default. So I'm using yellow as like the not too intense of a heart option. I like it. Okay, so and then we already went over six and seven for you. It's the laugh, cry, and the heart eyes, right? Yeah, wow, you keep good track in your mind. <laughs> okay, what are yours? So my uh, six is one of your least favorites. It's the hugging. Oh, God. The hugging emoji. The, like, little hands. Of course it is. The little hands. At least it's not top five. It's not, well, it, honestly, these shift so quickly depending on yeah, how I'm texting. And then so quickly. my seventh is uh, the raised hands, like, two hands up. Woo. Yeah, one. I can see that. Yeah. Uh, I just want to quickly mention that my eighth one is the full-out sobbing, just because all my other <laughs> ones were really happy. <laughs> I think it's hilarious that that ends up being the eighth one, but that one's also kind of happy because Luna was really cute and curled up. One of my mm. cats was really cute and curled up today. So I just thought it was so adorable that it, merit, it merited full face cries on I, internet. I actually, my eighth one is actually like a, like a sad cry. Oh. Yeah, I feel like... I don't remember exactly. <laughs> okay, so you're fine. Okay, but uh, but I feel like there have been like a lot of like difficult things happening recently. So I feel like I have been having, you know, sad mm. conversations as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was fun. Yeah, that was fun. All right. We obviously want everyone on Twitter to share theirs, right? Naturally, or on Reddit if you're on Reddit. Yeah, if we're on Reddit, this is a place that we have. <laughs> Do you check Reddit? You probably shouldn't admit this on the show. I totally check Reddit. I think I checked it last month. <laughs> I am checking it right now. And oh. it's, there is no one new. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's a great experiment. We that. That was depressing. All right. <laughs> um, okay. Next piece of follow-up. You talked about beverages for Evian, a beverage <laughs> company. Yeah, a water company. Water company. That, yeah, I guess I had to sign an actor contract. So fancy. Which I never thought would happen in my entire life. So fancy. So, yeah, I have a friend. This is more of a friend of a friend. But like a friend of mine who's in the film industry, I know some of her friends. And one of them is working on some campaign or his agency was doing something for Evian or whatever. And he basically, this was mid-lockdown, messaged me and was like, hey, Avian is doing this new campaign and they are asking people to send in voice notes of something positive during the lockdown. Yeah. 
But like, you weren't supposed to be like, I'm in lockdown. You were just supposed to say something that is like nice and pleasant or whatever. And yeah, I sent him like 12. No, I sent him maybe like seven or eight. And they were all kind of like different takes on different topics. It wasn't different takes of the same thing. It was like seven different snippets. And yeah, and then the my least favorite of all I sent him was obviously the one used. And that was the one where I'm like talking about coffee. And I was just like, why is this the only audio people want to hear from me? It's like water and coffee and like sparkling water and beverages. It just like, he, I don't think he listens to the podcast. Like there is no connection from that world. I just thought it was so freaking rad. <laughs> beverages it's part of our brand now <laughs> it is it is like integral to our brand like where <laughs> what is make work work without the beverage uh element i think at least or even just me as a person clearly no one wants Same. to hear from me except if it's about beverages <laughs> i mean that's not true but i appreciate that you bring beverages to all of your conversation i think that adds a lot to you <laughs> <laughs> yeah or maybe that's a nicer framing <laughs> I think it adds a lot. Yeah. Well, so yeah, that's, uh, I think I shared the clip on my Instagram feed. Uh, so if you, I still kind of cringe when I hear it. So I still can't believe they picked that one. Also, I didn't think they would pick mine to begin with, but I was in like the first cut that they used and he was like, wow, these are really good, happy. And I was like, you know, I have a podcast, right? Like, I know, <laughs> like I work with audio occasionally but yeah so that was kind of oh, fun man, that's amazing and random yeah we'll share a link to it in the show notes if you want to hear happy talk about coffee <laughs> yeah because if you're listening to this you don't get enough of that <laughs> hey you never know <laughs> <laughs> well if evian oh wants it i guess you know you know that's a real brand you know that's a real brand their brand is actually beverages also. <laughs> okay, let's move on to the next thing before we get too sucked in. Okay. Uh, last one is really, really, really exciting. Oh my God, this is so exciting. We shared this on social, but we want to share it here because we're like doing a virtual happy dance or like I'm kind of moving my hands right now in like a dance move. Again, no one can see me. This is the second time. I don't know if the first time is going to get cut that I've been moving my hands while talking. Um, but we got into a podcast mentorship program and we're so thrilled. And like the thing about this is we have talked about this on the show multiple times, the Cortex podcast, which we're obsessed with, like absolutely mm -hmm. love the show. One of the co-hosts runs a podcast network called Relay FM and he opened up a podcast mentorship program and uh, I can't believe that we got in. I'm still like, I can't believe it. So thrilled. And so I just yeah. can't believe it. Yeah. Yeah. I called you. I FaceTimed you to be like, this is happening. I was just I just still can't believe it because I just I just can't believe it. Like, it's so crazy because I don't even listen to that many podcasts. But the ones I listen to, I like really listen to and I really like them and also because I've listened to uh, Cortex obviously which both of us love but I also just you know I followed Mike on Twitter for so long and I feel yeah. like I just have a sense of who he is as a person and I love the work he's doing with Relay and even though I don't listen to like every single Relay podcast episode you know because it's just uh, <laughs> quite a lot of them but I just 
I love his personal story. I love that he like built it himself with a friend. And I don't know. And we actually, when we started this podcast, we thought about like if we should reach out, but I feel like we didn't feel like we were big enough to be of interest to him, or at least that's how I felt. Yeah, we had some questions for him and we were always kind of second guessing ourselves. Like we were we were like, no, he probably gets a lot of emails and like we could probably figure this out. We don't need to we don't need to we definitely second guessed ourselves a lot. But we talked about reaching out to him more than once because we were both just like huge admirers of his work. And still are. Yeah, and also because like we we knew he was building like a podcasting network. So obviously he's not just interested in his own podcast, he's interested like in the industry. So he I swear I had in my OmniFocus a task for so long that was like, send Mike an email. And I even had like a draft for it. And then I was like, okay, you know what? We don't need to do that. And then when we saw he was opening up for podcast mentorships, I was like, obviously we're going to apply, but I didn't think, I didn't think we had a chance. Uh, or well, maybe we had a chance, but like, I just didn't think it would happen. I... Yeah, and now it happened and we have him on like a Discord and he was just like telling us something like yeah. 36 minutes ago or something. I was like... Just before this show. Yeah. We're just, we're so like just genuinely, genuinely so, so, so excited. And hopefully, I, I think that Mike is going to help us a lot. We really want to take this podcast to the next level. So I think that, I think that, this program is going to be such a huge help to us. And I'm just, I'm just so excited. Yeah. And also just having someone to ask. I feel like I mentioned on the last episode that I'm used to in my life. And I know that makes me very privileged, but I'm used to having somebody who knows what they're doing to ask about all sorts of things all the time. But with the podcasting, the only other people I know who do a podcast or have a podcast are people who are kind of just starting or people who do like interview shows. And that's just like a whole another ball game. But oh my God, he's just exactly the person that is so amazing to kind of have reachable to us. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I listened to, to conversational podcasts. So those people have always felt like unattainable in terms of reaching out to them. So I feel like I agree there. It's hard to find a middle podcast, which is, yeah. I think, where we would almost classify ourselves. Like we... We've been doing this for several years now. We just shared on social media. We passed 5,000 listens, which is really exciting. You know, we did our first ads on the podcast and we're in talks with other people about doing ads, which is really, really cool. And I didn't know that we were going to get to this place. But yeah, it's it's just hard to find other people that are at this stage of podcasting. And it's really, really nice to have someone to talk to about this stuff now. Yeah, I like I don't normally get starstruck, but I was just kind of freaking out about this. And that is so funny because no one gets it because it's like no one gets it like no one. And I was explaining it to like the three people in my life I could be bothered to explain it to. <laughs> and I had to tell like the whole backstory of like, yeah, there's this podcast. I really like it. He has a network. And it's like. You, Haley, are probably the only person in my life who, like, gets it. And I love that yeah. like, you're with me in this as well. Like, it's so cool that because we applied for both of us at the same time, you know, like, so that was, like, really cool that 
we are like in this mentorship together. Yeah, it's so funny. I I told my family about getting in the program because I was just so excited and I knew we were going to share it on social media. So I just let them know we have this little family chat. And I was like, I got into this mentorship program. And they were like, that's great. And then I was on a call with my mom later and she was like, yeah, things seem to be going really well for you with that podcasting guy like she <laughs> she did, couldn't remember like why it was important but she was like that's very cool <laughs> yeah the only person who like every now and then asks me is like my grandma and she's like oh gosh it's your project with Haley still going well or something oh like, that's so cute she doesn't even call it a podcast or whatever which is really sweet but then you know you know there's like two people in my life who are supportive, but like everyone else, just like, I don't think they get it. And they, and I'm totally okay with that. I feel like the podcasting part of my life and the normal life part of my life is pretty separated, but I'm so excited that we now have a mentor because we also just wanted a mentor in general. And yeah, this is like a dream mentor for us. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, you have a note on our show document under, <laughs> I have like podcast mentorship, and then you have a bullet point. You said saving it for the podcast. It's driving me, it's driving me wild. What, <laughs> what are you saving for the podcast? Because you mentioned this like hours ago. Oh my God. Okay, so the reason, oh my God. So I really hate, I was saying before how like, I don't normally really get starstruck that much. Yeah. But I like freaked out about this. And I was just going to say this in a private conversation with you earlier because I really don't like name dropping. I think that comes from like the music industry. I really don't like when people are like, ooh, I'm going to impress you with a list of names. Like I find that not a really <laughs> desirable trait. And then also because you end up meeting people who are like a name, I guess, is the way to phrase that. Anyway, so I feel like anyway. So last Friday, because Iceland is kind of like alternate universe to the pandemic mm -hmm. uh, I went to a restaurant uh, with a with a couple of friends and the table next to us was reserved it was like I didn't think anything else and then earlier that day I had gone to lunch because it was like someone in my family's birthday and that person had just been traveling domestically and she was like oh I didn't know but like Gordon Ramsay is in Iceland. He was sitting like next to me on the plane or whatever. What? And I was like, okay, whatever. That's random. We have like celebrities in Iceland all the time. It's like everyone loves Iceland. Makes sense. So. And then they become a friend of Iceland, right? Have we talked about yeah, this? Yes, <laughs> yes. The Iceland trend. That's the title of the get. Um, and then I was sitting at this restaurant with my friends. Or it was like a bar restaurant type of thing. And then someone walks in for the like table that is reserved next to us. And I was like, wait a minute, this guy looks kind of familiar. And then I realized just because we were having the conversation at lunch, that actually was Gordon Ramsay. Oh my God. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I was so grateful for that lunch conversation. Otherwise it would have taken me like way longer to kind of process. And then he looks kind of bored and it's just like keeps looking at us. So we end up having like a conversation with him. And then we didn't realize that like after the conversation, he was probably bored because he was there with his like 
bodyguard and social media manager because this is like a work trip and he's like filming something. Wait, his bodyguard <laughs> and social media manager are the same person or is that No, 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 no. This was like two okay. different He was there with like two guys. I was like, what a skill set. I would love this person. <laughs> I can do that. I can be a bodyguard social media manager. Sorry. And the thing is, is we were just kind of indifferent to the whole thing. We were like, okay, whatever. And then I realized when I was about to say that to you, I was like, oh, I realized I was more freaked out about like the podcast mentorship program <laughs> than I was about like... Been having lunch next to Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> yeah, who is like an actual pretty big person, you know, in terms of influence. Wait, just in case anyone doesn't know who he is. Oh, he's a chef, but like a celebrity chef. A celebrity chef. And he's done multiple TV shows and cooking shows. And he does, yeah. he's done like, yeah, different like com- competition shows where people go on and then they'll like fight to win prizes, not actual physical fight, but, yeah. you know, cook to win prizes. And then it was pretty funny because we were like, <laughs> because it was like me and my two friends, we all escaped London the same weekend. And when they kind of started talking to us, you know, it's pretty obvious when someone comes from the UK and we were like, oh, are you, have you just arrived from the UK? And they were like, yeah, because obviously they just had. And we were just like, oh my God, tell us everything. What's the status in London? Like, we were just, <sighs> just so curious because we all basically just walked out of our lives on like a two-day notice. And so we were just, be- and he was like, oh yeah, my restaurants have been open for two weeks now. Things are getting back to normal. <laughs> and yeah, it was super random. That's so random. But we were like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> and I realized like, I didn't really care about that. And then I was going to tell you that privately, but then I was like, okay, maybe... Um, yeah, I'm not trying to say it to be cool. I'm just saying it like I was much more excited to have like, a podcast mentor. Yeah, about Mike Hurley than Gordon Ramsay. What a... That's incredible. I mean, I agree fully. Yeah, it's just so much more related to what I'm interested in. And that's... So that's the kind of like... So that's the point that I was like trying to explain is like it's really hard when someone is in your industry or in your field or in something you're trying to like break into. Yeah. It just makes all the difference. So yeah. And that's what I was going to say to you. I was saying that I was worried about um, that I'm like not going to be cool on the call because we have a call scheduled with like everyone in the mentorship program. And I'm like, okay, I have to be cool. But what's weird is like, normally I am cool (laughs) in these situations. (laughs) So this is like new for me. Anyway, okay. (laughs) Sorry, I'm not trying to sound... Uh, anyway. Cool. <laughs> yeah. And normally I don't like to name drop, but I just thought it was funny in this specific Oh my instance. gosh. You're so funny. Because this other thing just happened. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. I am very, I'm not like nervous about the call in the sense that like, I don't think it's going to go well, but I'm very, I think, yeah, maybe just like concerned about like making sure that I don't sound like totally lame on the call because I'm so excited. I feel like I just have to be in like work transaction mode and not like happy and Haley giggling mode. That's going to be my focus for the call. We'll get that out in like a pre-call before the call. We'll just do a bunch of giggling before. And a (laughs) post-call. And a a post-giggle call also. Pre-call and a post-call, yeah. Yeah. Pre-giggle and a post-giggle. Honestly, (laughs) I'm going to need both of those desperately. So, yes. So, sorry, I really hate when people do the name dropping. Okay. But <laughs> it just felt important to the scope of the explanation. Oh, 
Wait, how, like, now I'm curious how many other celebrities you've been keeping from me. Let's not say this on the podcast, but, like, in the future, I would like to know if you have lunch next to Gordon Ramsay again, please. Let's move into 2020 talks. Yeah, I can't believe we're over halfway through the year already. Like, I just, I feel like, I I don't know what happened. Yeah, I just don't even, like, it just doesn't even make any sense to me. And then I feel also like, I feel so tired. And then I'm like, how was I traveling all the time? If this was same oh time God, last yeah. year, I'd probably been on like eight different trips. And I'm like, I feel like I can barely manage just my day to day at the moment. How was I able to do all that traveling? I don't even get it. Yeah. Yeah. I genuinely had like six trips planned up until this point. So same. And I... I don't know. It's it's kind of been good for me in a weird way to like slow down and reflect a little bit more this year, which is a separate thing. We talked a little bit about reassessing our years in another episode. So 2020 has been feeling really weird. And I found this article that I will shout out. I found it through Anne Friedman's newsletter and the next article we're going to talk about. And that is a fantastic newsletter. I don't subscribe to or read a lot of newsletters. I unsubscribe from most newsletters if I find them in my inbox, but this is one of my favorites. And she mentioned this article. She linked to this article and it's called Why Time Feels So Weird in 2020. And it's very visual. There are a couple of like exercises that you can go through. And it's so fascinating because I think it's something that everyone is feeling right now. Yeah. Wait, who is this person? Can you say again who? Anne Friedman. And who is that? And she... She is part of the Call Your Girlfriend podcast, which is a podcast I absolutely love. Uh, yeah, she is a freelance journalist. Do you think they're looking for people to mentor? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I wish. They're fantastic. Just to collect the whole, you know, set. That I feel like... Just to collect the set. <laughs> I had the pleasure of being on a call with Anne once. We paid her as a consultant at Buffer for one of the podcasts that we were planning, and that hour of our time was so, like, well spent. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, if you are ever running, like, a company podcast and you need uh, someone who is a professional in the podcasting industry, I can definitely recommend Anne. Just that one hour with her was, like, so many notes, and it was just also such a pleasure. She was really smart. So, yeah, so, and Call Your Girlfriend is another podcast that I listen to pretty regularly, along with Cortex. Yeah, it's just those two Back and forth. Just back and forth. (laughs) No, there's more. (laughs) Uh, But so this article, it's so interesting because they talk about how for time, we tend to rely on memory rather than knowledge to date events that are happening within our lifetime. And so like our memory distorts our perception of time. And then it also affects our sense of when an event took place. So it's, it's just so interesting. And it really explains why time feels like it's going absolutely bonkers this year. Yeah, and what is so weird is, like, I feel like it's both going fast and slow. I don't know if that makes any sense, but... Absolutely. I feel like during the lockdown, I know you're still kind of in lockdown, but for me, I i haven't been in lockdown for, what, two, wow. three months? Probably. Yeah. So I feel like I am now past the point of even being able to imagine what it's like to be in a lockdown because I haven't been doing that I've 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 had like a lower profile than I normally do just because you know there is still a pandemic after all but it's not the same in Iceland and there's weird because because Iceland's 
borders are now open. There was this article in CNN just saying that Iceland was like an alternate universe <laughs> in this pandemic because it's just... Well, because it's safe. I think that's the thing is like... Yeah. It's safer there than it is in other places. So like some countries are open, but it's still not safe versus Iceland being open and safe. But I totally agree with it seems like an alternate universe. Yeah. And like when I was in the lockdown, I felt like both things were going super slow. But then I still felt like everything was still just kind of passing. It was so weird. Yeah. It was. That's probably still what it's like in the lockdown. I don't absolutely. know. What it, do you find that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I tend to mark the year based on events like this article is talking about. So birthdays, my birthday's in June, my sister's birthday's in July. Those are some things that usually kind of like mark the year for me. As I think I've mentioned this before, I love having a June birthday because it's an optimal time to be reviewing my goals since we're approaching Halfway through the year. <laughs> <laughs> of course it do. Anyways, so that <laughs> homework for your birthday. That's what you love. I, I do, yeah. My sister's birthday is is closer to the exact center of the year. So I I yeah. You saw this. She does homework naturally every year now. Anyways. After you've bullied her for many years and bullied it. <laughs> or kindly encouraged and supported in her growth. I think these are separate things. Or like heavily judged if she didn't go by your recommendation. I, I don't I don't know. You weren't there. That's not how it went down. No, of course not. It was all encouragement. Oh my gosh. Yes. I see it. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. So I like marking that my birthday was coming up. Usually, I don't know. I just reflecting on that. It was it was so wild that that's what was happening. And yeah, absolutely. It feels it time feels so fast, like it's going so quickly. And then at the same time, I'll spend a lot of weekends doing the same thing, which makes me feel like time is moving more slowly. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's hard. It's hard to be more specific than that but it's it's this article is the best representation that i've seen yeah it also has all these like interactive elements yeah where you can like anyway it's kind of trippy you have to kind of be in the <laughs> mood for it <laughs> yeah it's yeah brains are weird and being in a pandemic is also really weird so yeah agreed and there's another article, but did you have a question on this article? No, let's go into the other one. Okay, so the other article is also from Anne Friedman's newsletter. Not that she wrote it, but just that's where I found it. The The article is called Theories of Time. And I love this because I, I tried to explain this in one episode very poorly, where I was like, how do you envision time? Is it a circle to you? Like, do you, Which it is generally a circle to me. And this article just did such a fantastic job of sharing this. So he calls them the three theories of time. And the first is cyclical, which is what I've been talking about, like the four seasons. And then he gives other examples, which are the cycle of birth, life, and death. The second one is linear, so just a straight line. Things are getting progressively better is how he describes it. And then the third one is time is chaos. And then he drew it as just a bunch of dots everywhere. And then he goes, there's no order at all. But what I love is when I scrolled down this article a little bit, he talks about a fourth metaphor for time worth considering, which is so related to this podcast because it comes from The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron, which we loved. And she wrote... You will circle through some of the same issues over and over each time at a different level. So he drew this one as sort of like an upward spiral. So cyclical, but you're improving every time you're on a different level, which I just love that so much because I think that fully, perfectly encapsulates some of the things that I experience where I feel like sometimes I go through the same problems, but I tackle them at different 
levels. Yeah, it's it's just perfect. So this article brought me a lot of happiness because I feel like the way that I've been trying to explain this to you, or I tried to explain this to you, Happy, I think it was either at the end of the year or the beginning of the year episode, uh, just because I was thinking of like looking at a year. And this really helped me. This gave me a lot of better language for explaining what I was trying to talk about with that. I swear, when you were talking about a circle, I was like, what do you mean a circle? <laughs> but, but then when I was looking at this, I was like, cyclical. Ah, okay. I see how that makes sense. Yeah. Because I was thinking more like a clock or something. And I know like clock to seasons, it doesn't seem like a big jump, but sometimes it, that's the jump you need, you know, <laughs> like you need yeah. the contact. 100%. So I see, I see a circle as a four season. Like I kind of see it, but I would, if I had to pick of these three, I would have definitely chosen a linear i feel like that is like hard i see that you know where i would have drawn the line (laughs) but (laughs) i see that fully which also explains why when i was like it's a circle you were like what are you talking (laughs) about because you don't see time that way yeah but then the cyclical thing and i like also this this is literally just a drawing anyone could have done this with a pen but not only does it go kind of in a spiral upwards but the circle also gets bigger, which I think is also just true of Mm. like your perspectives are a lot wider. I feel like, you know, when you're young, the narratives are really simple. It's like, you know, the easiest example is like when you break up with someone and he's a jerk and you were in the right and that's the story. And then as you get older, it's just like, oh, things didn't work out and we're not compatible and things get a little bit more complicated like that. Right. So I love also the metaphor of like the circles are kind of getting bigger. And yeah. (sighs) It's it's so cool. I'm really happy that Anne shared these in her newsletter because it just gave me such a better way to share what I was trying to say the first time. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so I had one question about time. Wait, I'm going to have to do a quick Google search. I'm so sorry. I thought I had it saved, but I can't find it now. Um, uh. Oh my God, I'm not going to be able to find it. Why can I never find anything for this podcast? Uh, Oh, I remember my problem. Okay, here we go. I found it. So there was this perfect tweet that did it the right way. And I now have so many tweets with my bookmarks and stuff. So I wasn't able to find it, but I found like the next best thing. So that's going to be able to tweet that I'm sharing. You can bookmark tweets? You didn't know you could bookmark tweets? Like, in Twitter? Yeah. No, I don't see this. Yeah, welcome to... Well, then you get to my problem because... Where do you do it? Oh, add tweet to bookmarks. Mm-hmm. Wow. I don't know if I would ever do that for anything. Okay, well, that's interesting. Oh, I often do it for articles and stuff that I think I'm going to read later. <laughs> or if the tweet is like I could use it as a reference for something later anyway but then I now have too many and I can't find the one that I actually do really want to find so the question asked in the original tweet that I'm thinking about is and now I'm going to ask you this question Haley let's say we have a call at 3pm yep and I, because I'm constantly moving things around for us. <laughs> I'm like, Haley. No, you. <laughs> I'm like, Haley, sorry, that's no good for me. Can we move the meeting forward two hours? What time is the meeting? 
Can we move it forward two hours? Mm-hmm. Uh, the meeting's at 1 p.m.? Okay, yeah. move it forward? So, I think. Yeah, yeah. Because if, if you said, can we move it forward, versus, like, the opposite being, if you move it, can we move it back? Can we move it forward? Yeah, I stand by this. If the meeting was at 3 and you said, can we move it forward two hours, I would think that you meant 1 p.m. Yeah, because, like, yeah, if the meeting's at 3 and I say, oh, uh, I'm running late, can we push it back two hours? That means backwards. That's at 5 p.m. then. For sure. Exactly. So to me, that's like easy. But apparently this is... It makes sense that we would have shared language on this, by the way, because we are constantly rescheduling meetings. So I think that the validation from me might not like be perfect validation <laughs> of you being correct. Just to, just to put in a little asterisk next to that. <laughs> no, because apparently this is one of those things that like splits the population. It's like people see it in a different way. I don't understand how, but okay. <laughs> so there's like an article by The Cut. And apparently, so they, they talk about it not in terms of hours, but in terms of days. And here is the email they take as an example. Next Wednesday's meeting has been moved forward two days. And to be consistent with what you say, you would think that means Monday. Has been moved forward two days. Mm, it's different when it's a week versus it being a clock oh. or a calendar. Like, so if when you said, can we move it forward? If I'm thinking in terms of hours of the day, yeah, forward means earlier hours. But if we're looking at a week and you say, can I move the meeting forward? I would oh. think like if you were moving a chess piece down the week, you would move it forwards like you would move it later into the week. But I would also be like, why did you say forwards? We need to be more clear on this. <laughs> yeah, so, but so how, so if if I'm like someone you're just dealing with and it's not me, it's just like a person you can't be like, what do you mean with? And they say, let's move the meeting forward two days from Wednesday. Would you think it's Friday or Monday? You know what? I, I'm going to stand by, I'm going to stick to. You would move that to Friday. If you can we move the meeting forwards two days? Yeah. Wow. When it's a week, it would be Friday. I would move that to Friday. Because you would move the meeting forward in the week. Like you would go because in a, when you're looking at a week, that is the future. It's not backwards. Yeah. So yeah. So apparently this is like this is causing trouble. Wait, you would you would go the other way if I said I want to move our meeting forward two days. You would move it earlier? Yeah. I feel like forward is like closer to me. Right? I mean, forward means forward motion, which is in theory away from you. If it's... Yeah, but the meeting is mo being moved forward to <laughs> me, you know? Like, <laughs> I, am, I am in relation to the meeting. You are at the center of this meeting. No, I am in relation to okay, the meeting. Okay, I see where we're going with this. <laughs> no, but I am in relation to the meeting. Uh, why, is it, why is it not consistent with the days and the weeks? Move forward. It's like... I don't know why I'm not consistent with this. But if someone good. said I want to move the meeting forward two days, I think I would move it away from me. No, because... Okay, let's put it the other way. If I'm like, Haley, I have to move this meeting back two days. Oh, move it closer to me? That goes to Friday. That goes to Friday, right? That does go to Friday, but so does forward. <laughs> <laughs> so, but just 
Put all meetings on Friday. Neither of these are good words to describe moving a meeting. Here, that's the that's the ultimate thing here. I would I okay I the way I would describe that if we were supposed to have a meeting on Wednesday and I wanted to have uh, yeah I guess I'm talking myself into this again if I wanted to have a meeting on Friday I would say let's move the meeting back to Friday and then if I wanted to have it on Monday I would say let's move the meeting up oh let's move it up yeah yeah I wouldn't say forward I would because forward is unclear that replies. Yeah, a relationship to the meeting that apparently everyone has a different position on where they are in relation to the meeting. So I'm just so gutted that I like lost. Wait, you lost? Like you, everyone else says the other thing and you think that. No, 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 no. So I lost the original question. Oh, I see. Which was a Twitter thread. And if anyone remembers it or can find it somehow, it was a meeting that was moved forward. And that was the clock thing. And the example mm. they used in the Twitter, if somebody's like doing like advanced search and is better at it than I am, it was from like 2, 2 p.m. to like noon. But I find like the noon thing too confusing. So that's why I picked 3 p.m. But when I was searching for it, I found this other tweet that I would also share with us that is about the days. And I didn't realize actually that would turn out different, which is really interesting that the clock and the days are not the same, at least not for Haley. Wait, okay, hold on. For the Twitter thing I just searched quickly, was this recently? It was recently-ish, yeah. Did you find it? Was it by Sloan? Can you text me? Can you send it to me? Can you add it to the doc? Yeah, I don't. I think this is it. Um, oh my God. How did you find it? I looked for it so hard. Like, not just I on just the now. searched in Twitter, meeting moved forward. <laughs> 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 if this is the right tweet, I'm gonna be so excited. Um, there we go. Do you see it? So the tweet says, "I saw this in a TikTok, and I need answers." So maybe it's not. If I say Wednesday's oh. meeting at noon has been moved forward by two hours, does this mean 10 a.m., 2 p.m.? In my opinion, in that one, I would say 10, 10 a.m. And 52% of the 11,891 people who voted would agree with me. Like, forward in time. So this was not the tweet that I saw, but I think it... But this captures this exactly. Because it's like, it shows the split. It's like half the population think that it's 2 p.m. Yeah, this is very divided. Like, it's not just like, oh, there's a handful of people who are just like living on their own little planet somewhere. It's like half the population wow. thinks that. That is so interesting. Yeah, I just filtered by. And then the only reason I'm a bit gutted about the one that I actually lost, it wasn't this one, was because they explained that it's like based on how you see yourself. Like, are you moving forward in time or are you moving? Anyway, and that was kind of interesting. And I was going to oh. I was going to read it, but then I lost it. And now I'm really sad. Oh, I can't find the one where they explain your relation. Yeah. So if anyone is like a friggin' ninja on the Twitter machine. Oh, I found it. Oh, you found Because you it? tagged me in this tweet. Did I? Oh, I love past happy sometimes. Yeah, with just like a mind blown emoji. <laughs> is correct. Oh. I think, well, I think because you, you tagged me in this one, I'm guessing this is the right one. Wait, where's the explanation part? This TikTok has 10, has over a million views, which is, so it looks like it came. Oh, yeah. And then he says, ego moving perspective is 2 p.m. 
And then for 10 a.m., time-moving perspective. Wait, where do you find that? That's in the TikTok video. So go to, like, oh. more than halfway through, and he has both of them up. on. I'm not listening to it, but I'm, like, looking at the text that he has. So he says, Wednesday's noon meeting has yes. been moved forward by two hours. Oh. If you say 10 a.m. Haley, you're such a genius. You have a time-moving perspective. If you say 2 p.m., you have an ego-moving perspective. Oh, my God. So I—we both said 10 a.m. for this, didn't we? Yes. Wait, what does that mean? Time-moving perspective. It's the time-moving perspective versus the ego-moving perspective. Is that better? <laughs> I, wow. Wow. We're immediately trying to be like, we have the correct response. Uh, I have no idea. No, I don't know. Oh, my God. I was, wow. I can't believe we found it. Oh, or you found it. Thank you for understanding me. And thank you, Past Happy, for tagging you in it. Uh, I just kept scrolling through meeting moved forward on Twitter through the top posts. I would like the title of... Twitter search ninja now, please. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I will endorse you on LinkedIn for that scale specifically. Great. Adding it to my LinkedIn. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Wow. So anyway, so that was the question I really wanted to ask you. And I almost asked you in the Slack and then I was like, no, wait, let's save it for the podcast. But you still tagged me <laughs> in Twitter, which is really funny. <laughs> yeah. That was before I realized, I oh, that was... I realized I was going to ask you this question when you were sharing all these different articles about time. Oh, Yeah. Okay. And then I was like, oh, yeah. It's so, to me, it's so crazy how people can just have like an entirely different perspective on things like this. And somehow still the world keeps turning around, you know? Yep. Wait, what's the summary of this? I can't wait to edit this section. This is going to be so much fun. <laughs> this is going to be a nightmare for future happy. Have fun. The summary on this is time feels weird. And also your perspective on time shifts depend on if you are moving time or moving yourself through time. Remember how I said I thought that we would fly for this episode? <laughs> and how we've been recording oh for over an hour now. Oh God. Okay, so listeners, I, I need a moment with the listeners. Well, I'm, okay, I'm still going to yeah. be here. Yeah, you can. So I'm not going to like leave. We have like a new, so this is all very exciting. Maybe this will be related to our conversation later, but like, this happened earlier this year where Haley and I cleaned up all of our Slack channels, which was a very exciting mm -hmm. project. And one of the key improvements we made was we consolidated a bunch of different channels that we would like put things that could be interesting for the show into a single Slack channel, even if it included like uh, feedback or topic ideas or links or whatever. If it was potentially going to be in the show, we consolidated it all to a single channel. And that has turned out to be a great resource, I think. Haley and I, at least, I am yeah. very happy with that system. Also, uh, the consolidation of the Slack channels is, like, one of my happiest days. I was just so happy. <laughs> things were just getting archived. Things were getting minimalized. Minimized. <laughs> I don't know. It was fantastic. It was a great day. And I was kind of doing a lot of it. And Haley was on her phone somewhere out and about. And she was just, like, cheering on. <laughs> a Slack channels got, like, slaughtered. Yeah, I was so happy. It was and beautiful. Every was now and beautiful. then a channel was like, oh, this one is maybe worthwhile. <laughs> so we kept that one. <sighs> anyway, and then I was scrolling through because we were obviously preparing for this recording. And I was like, oh, wow, we have so many things to talk about for this episode. And then Haley and I did a prep call. And <laughs> he was like, oh, we've got nothing to talk about for the show. I did not say nothing. <laughs> I said 
very few <laughs> things. We've only got a little bit. And then in the I was looking at her built up this like two page long outline, which normally we have maybe like three quarters of a page for an outline. And I was like, I don't know how you get <laughs> like not a long recording from this. Anyway. Yeah. I don't know why. I just thought they were all small topics, but of course we we would have a lot to say. We've barely made it out of follow up. <laughs> That's where we are. No, yeah, we're <laughs> practically still in follow up. Okay, so what are we talking about today? You phrased this question when we were preparing for the show, Happy, and I just thought it was such a lovely way to phrase it. And then you immediately forgot it. <laughs> and then I wrote it down, and you were surprised it was from you. But I think it's so cute. How are we making the most of our surroundings right now? And I just thought that was like a really cute way to say it. I know our situations are different. We've talked about this. Abby's in Iceland. It's much safer there. I'm in the U.S. But I think it's still something that we've both talked about really enjoying is just making the most of our surroundings. And I don't know if what we said earlier is going to make it into the show. Like generally by this point in the year, we both would have been on multiple, multiple trips and a lot of them international and away from home. That's just sort of the reality usually of our work and our lives and living away from family and having friends in different countries. And so we are not doing that right now. And your situation is a little bit different, but we are trying to make the most of our surroundings. And I think for you, I've seen a lot of like really awesome videos on your Instagram stories of you like driving around. Yeah, it's been really nice. I feel like there's like a secret part of me that is just kind of enjoying not, I'm not saying that I had to go on all the trips that I've been on or anything like that, but I could feel, especially last year was kind of insane when it came to like a travel schedule. So yeah, it's actually been really nice to also not have the constant like, oh, where am I going next? Where am I going next? Just like, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> like I'm, I'm just here. <laughs> I'm not going to America. I'm not going anywhere I'm just here and I have had a couple of family events about Iceland I feel like maybe this is helpful for people just for scope because I feel like it's not super easy to have a sense of scale when it's like a country or a region you're not familiar with yourself so Iceland is like we have like a road that goes around Iceland and it probably takes that's maybe like a 16 to 20 hour in driving time So if you actually want to make the round trip, you would probably give yourself like a week to do it. But I haven't done that. I have done like a couple of shorter trips. Like one I went to maybe like two weeks ago was like a five hour drive. And it was really fun. I went with like my family and my siblings. And that was really, really nice. And then I went with my friends to like a hot spring somewhere. And this was before Iceland opened again to tourists. And it was kind of like being in this magic land because the roads were just completely empty and mm. it was really like, you know, all those kind of weird, everyone's obsessed with Iceland videos that you see on the internet. And next weekend, I'm also going to like a family event and they actually ran an mm, ad nice. campaign, like the, what do you call the team that makes sure things didn't go horribly wrong? Like the kind of COVID team, I guess. Okay. They yeah. ran like an ad campaign that was like, let's travel domestically. <laughs> and it was like so this quirky. They had like all these like local celebrities like sing a song or something on this ad campaign. And what's... Oh my gosh, I love Iceland, <laughs> Iceland so much. It's so weird coming from London where things are so big and, you know, things get lost so quickly. But like 
something like a single ad campaign like that, every single person in Iceland will have seen it. And it, you know, the phrases they use become like a part of the vocabulary of like every single person. And it's just <laughs> it's so, That's so it's adorable. really sweet. And yeah, and people in Iceland have really taken it to heart. Everyone's Instagram story is always like people hiking, people in a hot spring somewhere drinking some wine mm-hmm. or whatever. So yeah, I feel like the nice thing is I don't think Icelandic people thought Iceland was like as cool before we got all the tourists. <laughs> and now most <laughs> of the tourists are not here and everyone's like, isn't Iceland amazing? Which is kind of funny. Aww. Also, another thing that is really nice about Iceland, even though I live in Reykjavik, which is the capital... You can drive for like 40 minutes and you are outside the city. And so, yeah, Iceland, when it wants to, it can be really, really nice. Oh, so you've been exploring Iceland yeah, a lot more. So, but you're also checking out your immediate surroundings. Yeah, well, I mean, I think like most other people, got a little bit done with being stuck inside really quickly. <laughs> and I was looking at what are some places where we can go nearby because... Where I live in Virginia is not overly large by any means. So it's not like I'm in a a big city. And also in this part of Virginia, I'm near the Shenandoah National Park, which is this big national park. And one of the most popular hiking trails, the Appalachian Trail, or one of the larger hiking trails in the U.S. goes through here. So there's a lot of, there's a lot to do around here. The trick for us is usually finding trails and parks and things like that that are dog friendly so that we can bring our two huge dogs with us. But anyways, I found this one park that's only 10 minutes from our house and it's on 500 acres of land, which is huge. And there are just trails for like biking and horseback riding and hiking in there. And yeah, so I'm really thrilled about that. Just trying to explore Virginia a little bit more and be around here a bit more, which has been really nice. That's really nice. Your Instagram story has also looked really lovely. What I really miss is the more consistently summery temperatures. <laughs> that is something uh, that... Yeah. Iceland can be really warm when it wants to, uh, but it's also, like, goes away quickly. Listen, I would trade you for Iceland's weather <laughs> any day of the week right now because this has just been... It's so hot and humid here. It's been in the mid to high 30s Celsius, which is like high 90s Fahrenheit or even into the 100s Fahrenheit. I just miss it. I just miss wearing sandals and wearing a dress. And I wore a dress the other day out of rebellion almost. I was wearing like like boots and tights and a sweater and a jacket and a dress. You know, it was... I just wanted to wear a dress. And also there's another thing, like I haven't been in my home in London since March. So it's kind of coming to the, I feel like I've been living in an Airbnb this whole time. And I feel like I'm really feeling, what do you say? Like the kind of, do you have like a word for when it gets to the end of it and you're really tired? It's like the last mile. That's what it is. Yeah. So yeah. This actually just happened. I haven't even called my family yet because I was I felt so unprepared for the recording. Um, I basically accepted a proper flat that is not like a garage. Woo! Which is what you're in currently. currently. Like four hours ago. So that just happened. I haven't Yay. signed the contract or anything. So next up is flying to London. 
which I'm glad I'm able to do at least. I'll be super paranoid about like not getting sick and infected. Like my dad doesn't really want me to go. And a lot of other, like my, one of my friends who like we escaped London during this at the same time, she's like, why would you go back and risk getting infected when you've been here this whole time, kind of waiting it out? And I'm just like, it's my life. I feel like I just need to end it in some way. There's also just so many things that I think are going to be so much easier to do while I'm there. Like I'm going to have to turn off the electricity and then I'm going to have to read off the electric meter. You know, there's like these million little things that are kind of hard to hand off to someone else, even if yeah. like obviously I have amazing people in London that like would help me. But it's it's just kind of hard to hand some of these things over because it's just, you know, it's your whole life. That's what it is. Yeah. And I don't think we've explicitly said this, but your reason for going back to London would be to pack up the flat yeah. that you've lived in for, what, seven years I don't now? even know. Six or seven years. I think I moved there in like, yeah, in Six like or seven years. fourteen or something. And it's really weird because it's such a like, uh, it's pretty central. I feel like now more comfortable saying it that I'm leaving. So like I can, yeah. you know, share a little bit more, but like it's pretty central. So it would often be... Like I used to have parties there and I used to have people over all the time and so many people have slept on the sofa and it was like a really special place, not just as my flat, but for like a group of people. So when I told yeah. some of my friends, they were like, no, but you can't like give your flat, like give up your flat. <laughs> and I was like, it's not that I want to, like I also didn't want to have to move and I also didn't want to have to get a new job, but you know, it's. A pandemic and you have to just do what makes the most sense so yeah yeah so but I feel like like I said I feel like I'm on the last mile of this transition and my parents they were living in America and they've kind of been going through the same thing as they moved back to Iceland as well and I feel like it was harder for them in the beginning because they were kind of like in lockdown while things were easing up in Iceland and they were like putting all their stuff into like containers and that kind of thing and they were not really enjoying that part of it. But now I'm kind of jealous that they have already done all that. And they're just now in kind of like the final touches. So that's really nice. nice. But I feel like I have all of that left. <laughs> like I have to go yeah. and pack. You haven't moved anything. You just brought a suitcase and you packed on very short Yeah, days. and I brought like so winter like, yeah. clothes. <laughs> like this was in March. So I'm also just so yeah. tired of not having like appropriate clothes for the season and then like I don't want to buy an entirely new wardrobe when I already have clothes and, no yeah so it's just been like a really like a limpo-y state and then also starting a new job on top of all of that it's just been like <laughs> the intensity scale has been at like a 13 out of 10 for like quite <laughs> some time now so I'm very oh excited gosh. for it just to go back to like I have a job and I live somewhere that's like my current goal excitement yeah probably by september right you'll have your things out of london and you'll have moved into your new place like hopefully things will start to settle yeah i'm I, now i'm just kind of excited exactly for just some kind of uh settlement <laughs> settlement you know yeah. for things just to be you know for me to it's so weird how like your stuff like obviously we shouldn't attach our worth to our worldly possessions and all that jazz like I totally agree with that but it's just like it's just like a tiny million things that are really frustrating like 
just a small example, like I made this really nice curry over the weekend that was like a sweet potato cauliflower curry that was like, I was so excited to make. And then I was like reading through the recipe and I was reading through all the spices and I was like, oh yeah, I have all this. And then I was like, oh, (laughs) I have all of those in London. And like, obviously I've still bought (laughs) some spices. I've been here for almost six months now, but not those exact spices. So it's just like, I can't wait to have all of my stuff together and I can just assume that the things that I need are going to be where I'm expecting them to be and it's not just like this million little frustrating moments of being like oh yeah didn't I have that cable for this thing it's like oh yeah (laughs) it's in London you know so yeah yeah also spices are the worst I hate replacing spices when I move because it's like you need so many of them and you need like a little (laughs) bit of so many of them so it's like frustrating to go out and buy all of them I know that's exactly it and it's like you're buying well like eight different spices (laughs) because you're making like two different dishes like this week and also I have spices from like when I was in Turkey and in Istanbul I know they're probably old now but I still have them and it's like they're you know it's just so much and that's like this this small part of it is also like someone really recommended a book to me the other day and I you know how sometimes the cover is not the same based on like what link they sent you and they sent me the Goodreads link and I went to um, Amazon to look at it I know I should shop from my local bookshop that was bad of me but I'm in Iceland so I have to buy things on Kindle now Um, and then when I opened the Amazon link I realized I already had that book like in paperback oh. and it's like a beautiful cover and I was just like oh <laughs> not only <laughs> like I don't know it was just like so frustrating it's like all these I know this is nothing compared to what a lot of people are going through right now obviously I'm not minimizing anyone's experience but I personally am just very excited to move out of this limbo state into a more healthy normal life yeah. Yeah. That's going to be a really nice next step for you. <laughs> yeah. But you are. Yeah. I feel like it's such a contrast because I feel like my entire life has been upended. And then also you've been forced to be in a super small radius for like six months. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not normal for me. Yeah. Yeah. A super small radius doing some hiking. Oh, and I forgot to mention too, my husband and I are acquiring more camping gear. And so we, which is a safe activity. (laughs) So we are going to, going to try and like find some good camping spots. There's tons of places to camp in Virginia. So trying to find some local camping spots for weekends as well, which is really cool. And not something that I've done a lot of. When I was a kid, we went camping a couple of times, but it wasn't like a staple in my life or anything like that. So I'm really excited for that. And I also just in the sort of spectrum of staying around Virginia, I also am going to be renting an Airbnb. And I'm really excited to just be in a different location (laughs) for a long weekend in an Airbnb. And I have one friend who's coming to stay with me. And so we're trying to do everything as safely as possible and then also only see one person, which it's just going to be really, really nice to see another person. So I'm really looking forward to that. And then my husband and I are also thinking of renting a beach house. We're near, well, near-ish to Virginia Beach and doing a long weekend there at some point just to sort of change our environment again. So yeah, definitely more local travel, like camping and Airbnbs in Virginia than I would have thought I would be doing this year, but also like while living I think it's so important to like, I know obviously it's, This is another thing that's like, because obviously 
COVID is really bad. And then all the racism is really bad. But then there's also so many people are losing their jobs now, which is horrifying. And I feel like we haven't even released the impact of that yet. Apparently yeah. someone told me, I'm in like a group chat with my friend and I told them that I had a new job and one of them is a flight attendant. And on top of everything else, they've been like Iceland Air, which is the Icelandic airline. It has been really brutal in negotiations with the flight attendants, which is pure sexism and nothing else. Anyway, that's a whole nother conversation. And so she's been like fighting for her livelihood for probably months now during all this COVID on top of everything else. And when I Ugh. said to her, she was like in the midst of it, but I didn't want to hide that I had a new job, you know, even though I kind of felt bad. So I just said like, hey, I just wanted to tell you before I shared on social media that I have a new job. And she said, oh, congratulations. And then she immediately added, it's like, that's impressive. There's like 17% unemployment in Iceland right now. And I was wow. like, damn, like, I think that hasn't even hit us because Iceland kind of took on paying up some people's, what do you call it? Like the three months you have to work after you've lost your job. What do you call that? Like a notice? Severance. Oh, severance. Yeah, so Icelandic government kind of covered that cost for companies that weren't able to afford it. But that's, that's going to be up like now-ish, like in August. So right. When all of that's gone, like, who knows what's going to happen? And my mom also raised a really interesting point, which is, like, a lot of the times when the economy has been really bad in Iceland, people go to Norway to get jobs. They go to even America to get jobs. and But now, like, no one can go anywhere. So who knows how everything's going to be. Anyway. Well, I think that's a really good point of, like, we are so lucky and privileged to be able to do this, these little trips and like this travel with friends. Yeah, it's it's so crazy. I'm so like my mind is so with the people who are really having anxiety about their livelihoods for good reason because they're at risk. And then also, I I also feel like there's an important thing not to overlook is like the people who have jobs and should be grateful for their jobs and are grateful for their jobs. I feel like also because we can't travel and we can't go anywhere. People are like, oh, so I'll just keep working. It's not worth taking a holiday if I'm just going to be at home. But I think, like, everyone needs a break. Like, this period has been so intense. Yeah. And I saw someone on my Twitter be like, I just took a week off work and I just stayed at home. I didn't have any plans. But it was still so good for me. So I just, I feel like even if, you know, someone has been working and is lucky to have a job and their job is not at like immediate risk. Who knows what's happening in the future? But like, it's still important to take those vacation days, even if you don't have anywhere to go because of the situation in the world. Yeah. So, yeah. I 100% agree with this. One of my colleagues, he just took a week off of work and he said it was so incredible. And they had taken the week off before the pandemic started because they had international travel plans and they just kept the week off even after the pandemic started, which is something that Buffer has been really good about, in my opinion, asking people like, hey, if you took time off, just keep it off. Just take that time to rest and recharge. Mm -hmm. And this is sort of jumping ahead a little bit, but that's the whole reason that the whole company has shifted to a four-day work week, which we teased in the last episode and then <laughs> never got back to. So I apologize a lot for that. But essentially, ever since May, we have been working a four-day work week. And we just found out that the policy is extending 
for the rest of 2020. So we're doing a pilot is what we're calling it of the four day work week for the entire company. So we're 90 people only working four days a week for the rest of the year to see if this is sustainable, if this is something that we do. But it originally started because people were getting burnt out because of stress and anxiety around the pandemic. And like, can I get my groceries? And like, is there toilet paper? Which for a lot of people, myself included, there wasn't toilet paper for like six weeks. Uh, you're like, I hope my current stuff doesn't run out. Like, it's just, it it's stresses and anxieties that we're not used to. And it was causing a lot of burnout. So I was very grateful to our company for shifting to a four-day work week. But yeah, we've done that for the rest of the year now. And I find that that has helped a lot with that feeling of like, tiredness that you've mentioned. And I I think you're completely right. People should take opportunities to rest rather than just saying like, I need to be working constantly because I'm not doing anything else. And then the other thing is too, for people who this is their first time working from home, it's really easy to fall into that trap of working constantly. And we've talked about this a couple of times. This is why it's so important to have boundaries. Yeah, exactly. So the four week work thing is... Wait, four day work week. (laughs) Four week work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nonstop. Not even for sleep. Um <laughs> non nonstop. Just work four weeks off four weeks. It's funny, no, I saw okay. that you were doing this obviously because I like don't just follow you on Twitter and LinkedIn and everywhere, but I also follow like a lot <laughs> of your colleagues. So whenever something happens at Buffer, I am like aware of it. So I haven't actually asked you about this because I figured we'd talk about it on the podcast at some point, even though it was in May. But you know, <laughs> we get to things eventually. That's the way it goes. So it started because people, you were protecting people basically from getting burnout. But why did you decide to keep it for the rest of the year? So originally we were expecting, so our team does a lot of surveys around like team happiness and productivity and things like that. So we surveyed, well, not me, but like a team within Buffer surveyed the rest of the Buffer team at the beginning and at the end of the experiment in May. And they were looking at stress levels and productivity levels. And I don't remember the third one, but essentially they were kind of expecting stress to go down and maybe productivity to also go down. And the other one was, oh, it was a feeling of ownership over your work. And surprisingly, so stress did go down, but productivity went up. And that was not the results that they were expecting. And so did like a feeling of ownership over your work. So that was kind of surprising results. And people were really loving the four-day work week and were feeling refreshed doing it. And there was a lot of positive talk about how incredible this felt. And so our team was like, this feels like something that we could do longer term. So the funny thing is the team suggested maybe we do this for the summer. Like maybe we do like a four-day work week for the the summer. Some companies do that. Basecamp usually does a four-day work week for, I think, August, which is really interesting. They do, they call it like summer Fridays. Or maybe it's not four days exactly, but like Fridays, you only work half a day or something like that. I heard Universal, the record label, they are doing something like that for the summer, I think. Yeah, Shopify is doing it this summer as well, Fridays off for their whole team in the summer. So I know that our team had proposed that being like just a summer thing. Maybe we extend the experiment for the summer and our CEO extended it for the rest of the year because he was such a big fan of it. And he thought that we could really do this as a whole team. And this could be like a change that we make as a company moving forward. We only work four days a week, which is so wild. But this is Buffer as a company is known for for being a little bit out there with experiments, being a little bit radical with experiments and things that we do. Like we were all remote far before anyone else. But yeah, the the four day work week is the rest of the year now, which is so incredible. Wow. I feel like it's so radical. I feel like 
when it was remote, I was kind of aware of remote, so I could kind of got it at the time. And then when it was like the transparency thing, I thought that was really interesting. And like, I knew it was radical, but I didn't personally feel like it was radical. You know, you know, there's a difference. But yeah. this, I feel like that is just radical. You know, <laughs> I feel like I, <laughs> I find it like if I was the boss, I'm thinking like if I was, the, if I was in charge of a team, would I do that? And I'm like, I don't know if I would do that. Like I would need some data or some yeah. studies or something. And it's so interesting that you, it showed that productivity went up. And But the thing is, I see it. Like, I feel like I've seen this a lot with parents who, like, sometimes they have to work shorter days because they have to, like, do all the kids run and everything. But they still kind of get the same work done. And it's just the time that gets cut is, like, the time you're scrolling on Facebook in the office. You know, it's... And I feel like yeah. I've even seen that with you. Where it's, like, normally we were able to kind of, like, have a little conversation here and there even though we were like technically during our work day. But I feel like now when you have work days, I'm like, I'm not even going to send anything. So <laughs> you can send it. You just won't hear from me. Probably. Yeah, but like, I don't want to be talking to no one, you know, so it's like, I don't want to be dead. Well, I would have eventually replied, but yeah. So do you personally, because I feel like even I have seen a difference from a distance and I am like a super second hand to this like I'm just observing it from like a super it's not like we talk constantly all day every day even though we would obviously want to but <laughs> do you, what's the personal feeling for you about this change I think at first it was really nice because it was like oh this is cool we're doing this for May and then it kind of extended into June while they were making the decision so I was just like this is nice this is how lovely we're only working four days a week and then we expanded on the policy. So I had been taking Wednesdays off, which was incredible. Personally, think that is like the best possible setup to do only ever working two days in a row. Like what a luxury. It's like, yeah, Wednesdays off was incredible. But we did make a change to Fridays off because we kind of, originally it was every team, take whatever day off you want and just align with your team. So maybe the engineering team took Fridays off, but the marketing oh, yeah, team took Wednesdays off. Yeah, it, it was. For like um the month of May, not a big deal. But for the rest of 2020, you kind of want to be on the same page. So we moved it to Fridays for everyone. And I've been adjusting to that over the last couple of weeks. And it is, I mean, it's. I'm still only working four days a week, so I'm not here to complain. But it is a little bit different. I feel a little bit more of a time crunch this way. But we've, the ideal is that we adjust expectations as well. If you're working 20% less, like change your goals slightly or change the things that you're working on slightly. But I have found, I just find I'm more efficient. Like I know I'm not going to be able to push things to Friday. So whereas maybe I would procrastinate and be like, oh, I'll just do this on Friday. I'm doing a lot of things just immediately when I'm thinking of them because Thursdays are oddly packed with calls for me now. So I'm trying to like remove a bit of that. Um, but yeah, it's a different experience. And especially with my new role, doing more communications and doing more internal communications, this is an interesting challenge. One of the things that we're trying to do is to move more of our internal communications to really make sure that we're relying on asynchronous communication rather than synchronous, which is something that we've said for a long time. But in practice, a lot of our team is in the U.S. or on the East Coast of the U.S. So it that tends to be a busier time zone for synchronous communication. So we have been trying to move a lot of things to asynchronous communication, which just means that work doesn't happen 
when people are working necessarily. It just means that someone could write something and someone else will reply five hours later when they're working. They're not expected to reply immediately. Um, just for anyone, I know that's like interesting terminology. But yeah, so it's it's been some really interesting internal conversations about how can we make things more productive. And so trying to take meetings off that could be a thread, uh, which is a tool that we use called Threads for asynchronous discussions. Doist makes a tool like that called Twist also. So just if you want some options. But yeah, just like really rethinking a lot of our processes and how can we make everything more efficient because we're working less. Wow. That sounds, it sounds nice, but it also sounds kind of stressful. <laughs> <laughs> it is exactly the kind of challenge that I am really thrilled to be okay. working on. Okay, so you're excited. So I just want to make it really, really clear if somebody's listening, it's not crystal clear. Like the, the, the two terms that are being used here are synchronous communication and asynchronous communication. But because we're like jargon slang, annoying people, we talk about sync and async. And sync means, like, Haley and I are talking in sync right now. Like, she's on the call, I'm on the call, I'm listening to what she says, she's listening to what I say, and the conversation is happening in sync. Async is something like, I write an email, and you reply whenever you see that email. And then you reply, and I reply whenever I see that email. And that has the benefit of, like, we don't both need to look at the same thing at the same time, but the other, the kind of trade-off is that, like, the timeline just extends, especially if you're working with, like, Europe versus... My favorite time zone, like the PST, the Pacific time zone. Oh. <laughs> it's a bit of a mouthful. Um, it's like the worst time zone. <laughs> yeah, it can mean that like uh, I write an email to someone in the uh, on the West Coast. I'm just going to say that of the United States, and then they see it in their day, and then I'm gone home by the time they reply. So I reply the next day. And then they reply at the end of the day. So like something that is like a four or five back and forth can take like a week, which. If you're impatient, that is maybe not the dream pace. So there's the trick about async means that everyone can be remote and that you mean you can have people in Australia and you can have people in Asia and you can have people in the United States. But what Haley is saying is almost everyone is in the US. So obviously, like, sometimes it's just easier to... Well, not everyone's in the US. But a lot of people. But like, a lot of people yeah. are in the US. Maybe 50, 50%. 50%. Maybe, so sometimes it's a lot easier that. to just jump on a call. But I think it takes more discipline to like do the async thing where you're just like, yes. I'm trusting that the person will read it in their time, you know, that kind of thing. It's also more inclusive, right? If you and I jump on a call, no one is taking notes and nothing is documented unless we're recording the call. So, the, you know, if someone later is trying to catch up on the same topic, there's no like thread that they can reference where they can say, oh, yeah, Javi and Haley have already talked about this. And I know exactly what I need to do. So, yeah, there's there's definitely pros and cons. And it's absolutely different depending on the kind of company that you work for. But we have been trying to switch to more async communication, which is a fun experiment. Yeah. So my yeah. my job is fully remote and it's remote first as they say they say they are remote first async first which means exactly that it means everyone can work from wherever they want so people can call in from their home people can you know whatever and then they can everything should, we are using asana at the moment to do kind of collaboration so things should be written down and that's like accountability nice. thing like you assign something to someone else in like something like Asana, which is like a task management project. And what's really interesting about it is that the reason that was set up in that way is because the two co-founders are Icelandic, but they went through accelerators in San Francisco. So they were spending a lot of time. 
I just want to say that word one more time because we <laughs> talked about this earlier. Uh, you say, yeah, I would pronounce it accelerators for anyone just <laughs> in case someone else pronounces it the same way as me and they weren't sure what you said. Wait, how do I say it? Exhilarators versus accelerators. Accelerator. Okay. Excel- I'm probably saying it wrong. <laughs> just in case that's confusing. Anyway, so they were spending a lot of time on the West Coast because I think they went through two different ones and both of them were recommending them to stay in San Francisco. Obviously, this was way before COVID. So they were spending a lot of time on the West Coast. They were working with someone in Russia and Moscow, which is suddenly that's like a negative time zone from Iceland and London because I'm very used to dealing with the American time zone, but I ignore the time zones that are like behind me, I guess. Talk again about forward and behind and I would consider that ahead of you rather than behind you because they experience the time first. Like 6 p.m. for them happens before 6 p.m. for you, so they're ahead of you. Um, anyway, I'm not going to break my brain over this. <laughs> Sorry, that just really, that really threw me for a loop. Okay, yes, yeah, so now there's people in Moscow. Oh, I also want to quickly say what an accelerator is for anyone that oh, doesn't yeah. know. Oh, yeah, do you want to do that? Sure, like an accelerator is a thing that a lot of, it's very popular on the West Coast since there's so many startups there. But essentially, someone can pitch their idea, their company, and then if they're accepted into that accelerator, the idea is that they get connected with usually funding, some level of funding, and some level of mentorship through the program. And then there's like a, it's a three-month accelerator, it's a six-month accelerator. And the goal is to accelerate the company by putting a bunch of knowledge and money into it at one time. And then usually these companies all get to know each other. And then you have founders that can support each other. So it's this like really nice networking community through the challenges that they face in their different startups. Yeah, it's kind of like boot camp, but for companies. And it's weird because I used to work in London at the Google campus a lot. And it's funny because I had friends who were mentors for the accelerators. I'm just going to say it wrong. Um, It's okay. Now people know (laughs) what what you mean, which is the important part. (laughs) Yeah. So, and I remember in particular, one of my friends, she was like, oh, I just keep trying to shoot holes into their plans until they figure it out. (laughs) And that's basically what you're doing. You're like, have you thought about this? Have you thought about this? Have you thought about this? And then imagine that over three months and with like people with money influence, you know, it's kind of intimidating. Anyway, so the company was set up to work with an Icelandic team, but from California, basically. And then also some of the team was coming from different places like Russia, that kind of thing. So it was set up to be async first, but then... Much like myself, the two founders, they came from California to Iceland in March and they were only going to be here for a couple of weeks, but they obviously never made it back. So currently they are also in Mm. Reykjavik, in Reykjavik, like in Iceland, in the city where we are all now living, or a lot of us. (laughs) I wish I was also living there. (laughs) Yeah, Haley is like a... One day we'll get her over to Iceland, I'm sure. And I bet by the time we do, I go to her house. Oh. <laughs> oh my gosh, I bet. You tried to steal my cat and bring her to Iceland today. <laughs> yeah, my sister and I have been so excited that like Paris, she's moving to Paris and London are so close. We can like meet each other for lunch, even though just by taking the train. And <laughs> I've left London and she's moving to Paris <laughs> like next month. Anyway, so... So that, But then what my CEO does, which I think is really, really interesting, is she basically forces the whole team to operate in this remote way because she almost never comes to the office. 
Mm-hmm. So because she's not there, everything has to be written. You can't just grab her in the office and ask her something. You have to kind of yeah. work in this disciplined way where you're saving up questions for the next time you have a call scheduled or you're using channels like Slack or you're using Asana or you're using the tools they've kind of laid out. And I just think that is really, really interesting. And the whole office is super set up. Like you can show up if you want to, but you don't have to. So there's no pressure in either direction. You don't have to stay at home all the time or you don't have to go to the office all the time. But I love, (laughs) love having an office. I got to see you in that office today and you were so happy. (laughs) It is, honestly, I would have been excited about this job in any case, but the location of this office is also just phenomenally perfect. It is right in the city center, which is like my jam. I love the 101 part of Reykjavik. It's just... The 101 part? Is that like the, the downtown? Postcode, yeah, it's the postcode. It's the downtown Reykjavik. It's 101. The post... Oh, wow. Okay, that is very in language. <laughs> no one except for Icelandic <laughs> listeners would know what you are talking about. <laughs> There's even a movie called 101 Reykjavik. What's I would assume that that meant like Reykjavik 101, like things you should know about it. <laughs> Sorry to have an reference, but now everyone's been cut up to speak. It's okay. Now we're all in. <laughs> all of us are in on the reference yeah, now. So I, yeah, so that's my, yeah, I just love having an office and all of my coworkers are so, so nice and wonderful. And yeah, so yeah. I'm so I'm so happy about that. And I also it was funny because when we were talking earlier, I'm so happy you have an office again because we have had this discussion pretty much for our entire friendship, like the whole time that we've known each other. You have always been confused about the fact that I choose to work from home and you have always talked about going to co-working spaces or going to wherever, even though you've been remote, which has always confused <laughs> me for why you would leave home and choose to go to a co-working space. And I have this very vivid memory of we were in Toronto. And in Toronto, I lived in a particularly small apartment. And it was just a bachelor, like, all one room. There wasn't, like, a separate bedroom or anything like that. And I had my desk set up, and I was so happy there. Like, I absolutely loved this super tiny space where I could work. And I remember you came and stayed with me, which was very cramped. But, <laughs> you know, it, we, we do what we have to do. And I, like, have this such a vivid memory of this. We walked out of my building. We were walking somewhere. And in the building behind me, there was a hot yoga studio. And earlier, I had pointed out where the co-working space was. Or we had gone there. I don't remember. I think I just pointed it out because I, I think that yeah, you were off when we were visiting. Yeah. yeah, we weren't visiting. We weren't working. So I had pointed out like, oh, that's the co-working space, which was like pretty much in eye- eyesight when you just leave the apartment I was living in. And then there's it was like the, the hot yoga place. Block. Yeah, it was pretty much the cross street, yeah. which was so funny. But you were like, wow, if I lived here, that's what I would do. That's where I would go to yoga. <laughs> and that's where I would do co-working. And I remember being like, oh, maybe I should try that. And I could never motivate myself to go to that covering space. I was like, gosh, I really don't want to go. Like, what a nightmare having to leave home every day. So it's just so funny to me that we are on total, even though we're both remote workers, we were on total opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of, like, our comfort level. Like, I would rather not have to leave home absolutely ever. It's way better for my productivity. (laughs) And whereas you told me earlier, you were like, you were like mentally prepared to work from home for a really long time. And as soon as you didn't have to, it was yeah, a huge I think relief. I said to Haley earlier when we were doing the planning. Out. Well, it's been funny during this COVID is normally we could just go straight into the planning call. But now we need like a 30 minute, like what has been happening in our lives. <laughs> Part of the call is <laughs> something 
there's no surprises anywhere. And I was just saying, like, when I, because I was in lockdown for some time, so it's not like I've completely gotten yeah. out of that experience. And I remember I was, like, I was, it took everything I had, everything I had to be like, okay, we're going to make it work. This is not a normal situation. <laughs> make <laughs> it work. I need a new phrase. Um, like, okay, okay. And then I was lucky because that was when I was at my parents' house and they have like, they are just stacked out all the time with all the things anyone could need. So they had like a desk I could use. They had a, like a, what do you call a monitor, like a screen I could use. And I yep. said, okay, I'm just going to set up an office. It's going to be really nice. And it was, I was able to get through it. But like I said, it took everything I had. And I remember thinking throughout like, Haley chooses this. <laughs> I, I was like, I must be Willingly. able to get through this. Like, Haley does this all the time. Like, even when she doesn't have to. And for she's done years. This for years. But the thing I found really hard that I think maybe you are better at, or there's maybe just more distance, I find it especially hard in Iceland, is no one respected the fact that I was working when I was at home. And I find that intolerable. Like they would come, they would come by. by or they would just call about like nothing in particular. They'd be like, oh, oh. I was just thinking if I would just but then, like, what up. if someone like something bad happened? Like I, I pick up, even though I sometimes get frustrated when they're like, oh, did I tell you about this one thing? And I'm like, you are like causing me like, you know, this is like an interruption. And what's really weird now is because I have like a fancy job, which is weird because it's not like I didn't have a nice job before, but somehow people see it differently. I don't know. But people are like, oh, oh, she has a really nice job now. So people are much more respectful of my time, which I find hilarious. Because I'm oh like, gosh. what? Like, <laughs> like what? what's the difference? I don't get it. And also like, why is it not enough if I say I'm busy? Why do I need this like external thing that like demonstrates that I'm busy like it wouldn't be enough to say like oh I'm editing a podcast like that it's not valid as a thing that keeps you busy but like oh oh are they keeping you long hours yeah 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 it's a really big job that and and I'm like what's oh my gosh <laughs> what's the difference like I don't get it I don't understand why I can't lay down the marker myself why I need like anyway this is my personal little rant <laughs> sorry I think I think you're in a, such a different situation for me. Like, first, I've only lived here for a year, and I only ever now will live anywhere for about three years because of my husband's job. So, you know, there's no one dropping by. That's not a thing that happens to me. And then the other thing is, like, my family, because I've been long distance from them for years, are, like, aware of the time frames when they can call me. So my sister knows when I eat lunch and plans on calling <laughs> me when I eat lunch. But if I can't talk to her when she tries to call me to avoid that, like, emergency situation, I will just text, hey, I can't talk. Is this an emergency? Or is everything okay? And she'll be like, no, no, just calling to say hi, which I think helps. But the difference between you and me is you are close to all of your family now. So if there was an emergency, you could actually get there to help with something or to be there with someone. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's more of a concern for you than it is for me, because if my family is like, there's an emergency, we're looking at like, it's going to take me a really long time mm -hmm. to get there, if I even could right now because of the COVID situation. But that's a separate conversation. I can totally understand how this would be very difficult and you would want an office, but I, I'm just in like a really different situation. <laughs> yeah, but even in London, like I, 
I have done some working from home, but I just, I just can't stand it. I just like, I also, <laughs> during the lockdown, when I was having those like pajama day, like I, I wasn't even wearing pajamas. I would get dressed because I know that's the thing. But you were obviously wear maybe like slightly more comfy clothes if you're just staying at home. Like why more comfy torture clothes. yourself, you know? Also, why do I have such uncomfortable clothes? It's a great question that I'm asking <laughs> myself sometimes. What a thing to reflect on. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, but like, I don't like feeling like such a slob. I just feel like a slob. And I, no, it's just, mm. it's no good. It's no good for, for me. I, I don't know why I don't feel that way. <sighs> wow. What are no. you saying about me being a slob? <laughs> no, I mean like, but you were, you were a guiding light for me because I was like, Haley can do it. Haley Aww. can do it. I'm like, I'll get but so it's it's so funny how it's like it's not even because you want to be one way or the other like I had to fight it like I had to fight working through being at home in the lockdown and yeah. I was like I kept thinking I was like Haley yeah. is this you know I just I thinking, like okay this is possible this is possible like that was like what was my you know what I was what I was holding on to you're so funny. Oh my gosh. Both of our, so we just talked about how both of our work setups have changed a little bit. I'm only working four days a week now and you are working from an office again now with your new job. And as a part of this, you mentioned this earlier and I thought it was really interesting. Some of our work processes have also changed just as a natural result of this. Also, with me changing teams, some of my work processes changed, like, internally, too. So I think this is going to be a really interesting one. Yeah, and through. I feel like we have historically always used, like, OmniFocus and Todoist, but I feel like one of your articles about how you used Todoist just kind of went, I wouldn't say maybe, like, viral in, like, the true internet sense, but it circulated a lot in, like, our kind of productivity Twitter circles, and even got retweeted, I think, yeah. by the Todoist CEO, which was kind of like a nice moment. <laughs> I was, yeah, that was like another like fangirling <laughs> moment of like someone really niche <laughs> that other people wouldn't understand why you're so excited about. But I was like, the Todoist CEO retweeted my Todoist article. And yeah, my family was like, good for you. <laughs> yeah, we have like weird things we're excited about. Anyway, so I feel yeah. like both of us now, you know, we were, but wide-eyed children when we first had a conversation about OmniFocus and Todoist. But I think it will be fun to kind of have that in mind, like that initial conversation we had, and then to see how it's kind of been scaling up for our kind of current lives that are, I mean, I feel like we're both kind of moved up in the world a little bit. So, I mean, that's something. In the space of time, we are on the next rung of like moving ahead in our circle, <laughs> in our circles. Oh, well, I'm so close to editing that out because it was just so like, it's too much. <laughs> too much. You can't live edit no. me. I'll always know that I said it. Um. Anyways, yeah, I agree. And I think it's so interesting because when we were prepping, you mentioned my OmniFocus is in a really good place right now, which I find interesting. So, yeah, let's let's talk about it. I kind of want to hear all about your OmniFocus to start. Did you do a... Did you do like a an OmniFocus refresh when you got the new job or like what was the, what happened there? How did it get in a really good place? No. Okay. I feel like I'm trying not to start, you know, with ancient Greeks on this topic. Um, 
Oh my goodness, this is you with every story. <laughs> I know. I was like, are you aware of the earth? <laughs> are you okay? We're gonna go from there. <laughs> Long-time listeners and consistent listeners, I guess, will also be aware that I've had this internal frustration. Eternal, not internal, eternal. I guess both eternal <laughs> and internal frustration with just not classifying tasks in the right way and having too many clutter things and omnifocus. And it's been this ongoing struggle of my life to get it to the place where I want it. And I actually think your Todoist article is a better jumping off point because I think your setup okay. is really clear. And obviously all of our listeners you know, see Haley's to-do list article that would make her really happy. So can we talk a little, can can I throw the ball back to you? Like what made you write it and what made you really, ha- like why did this setup, because I know you played around with it a lot. Why did this setup prompt you to write that article? You know, what, what was it? Yeah, I have played around with it a lot. I ended up writing this article just because it was something I wanted to write about because I was like, I am very happy with my current system. I've been using it for a few years and it works for me. The other thing is I, I guess after this article, helped a colleague with her to-doist, which brought me a lot of joy. And so I, I just wanted to document my process. I think that's the whole purpose behind having a personal blog and why I do personal blogging. Some of it is to answer questions that I get a lot like LinkedIn. Like I'll always just share my LinkedIn blog post because people come to me for that a lot. But for Todoist, this was just the per- the whole purpose of this was just to document my process because I'm sure it'll change in the future. So just to kind of remember and learn from the way that it is now. And hopefully this can help anyone else setting up their Todoist also. But yeah, so my, my process in, in the blog post a little bit is one of the like just high level how I've set it up is I've created some of my own filters. So Todoist has these different, they call them projects, which I use as areas of my life almost. So like Buffer, which is my work tasks, is an area. Personal is an area uh, slash project. And um, Make Work Work is another one, for example. So like that's what they look like. And then you set due dates for your tasks. So on any given day, I could have, like today I did have, make work work tasks, personal tasks, and work tasks do. But when I'm working, I don't want to see all of my personal tasks or make work work tasks. I want to see only the tasks that I need to do today that are buffer tasks. So I set up some filters so that I only view, can can toggle to a view that is just buffer and just today. And I explain how to do that in my post. And then I also have one that's just buffer and just tomorrow because I really also like to look ahead to what I have tomorrow. And then I favorited those so that they're at the top of my Todoist, like the way that Todoist has it set up is that they have the inbox at the top and then tasks that are due today. And then they used to have something that said next seven days, which is the screenshot that you'll see in the blog post, but they've since updated that to ongoing, which is just you can just scroll through all your tasks into the future. And then, but uh, the rest of my setup is still the same. So I just have like buffer today tasks, buffer tomorrow tasks. And then I have a filter for just things due tomorrow. I often don't like to look that far in the future. I don't want to see everything I have due this week. I just want to know what is due today and what is due tomorrow. That's sort of all that's important to me. That's cool. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. It's, um, and how, like, how can you explain maybe like what's the scope of a task, typical task for you and, and how do you break down? Like, like, do you have like 20 in a day or do you have like four in a day? Like what's the kind of frame of reference? Hmm. I try not to have 20 in a day. 
I don't think I would get to all of them, but I do try to make it a task, something that I can check off when I'm done. Not like it's a huge project and I'm going to do one piece of it today and not be able to check it off. Like it has to be something that I plan on checking off my list today. And maybe there's a follow-up task for tomorrow for something like a different aspect of this. Um, But like the scope of tasks, I think, is like very small, Mm -hmm. smaller things. I try to only have a handful a day, like five to 10 per day. And then I use the prioritization feature within Todoist where you can flag things as like priority one, two, or three. So I'll flag my top three priority tasks. And then I try to tackle the most difficult task first, which is not always how it happens, but that's what I try to do. It happened today, which is a good day. Uh, Yeah. So that's how I try to set it up so that I can just like really focus on those bigger tasks. It's interesting, this is not in the blog post, but my process has adapted slightly, especially with this new position, because now, rather than being one person working alone, because I was the only one doing public relations, but on a larger team, which was the marketing team, now I'm a person who like works on public relations and communications very closely with another person. And because I'm collaborating so closely with someone else, She and I are in really regular calls. There was a point where we were in daily calls, and now we're sort of, it's it's a lot fewer than that. But we usually have a call at the beginning of the week and at the end of the week now. And at the beginning of the week, something that we started doing was writing out, okay, what are you, what projects are you moving forward this week? Like, what are you doing this week? Not like a tasks list, but more so like a big picture, like what are the things that are going to get done this week? So maybe like one of them could end up being three tasks. Like something that we're doing is we're collaborating on this project and we want to demo it internally. So like that's the big thing. But then on the smaller side, she's writing something, I'm writing something, you know, we're collaborating on something else different. So anyways, that has changed. Like my process at work has changed a little bit. And I was struggling to find a place to write down these like weekly projects because Todoist isn't really good for that. I use it just for as we're going tasks. And so I have started using my notebook a lot more. Mm. And so I keep my, uh, like this really beautiful moleskin notebook that I love a lot next to me. And at the beginning of the week, I'll write down weekly goals and then I'll just put what my weekly goals are. And so those aren't tasks that I can cross off as soon as I do them. They're like related to the tasks that are in my Todoist. But it helps me to have it. And then I just leave that notebook open next to me. And it helps me to have it to like center myself throughout the week. So instead of going from task to task, I'll like look back down at like, oh yeah, this is what the priority is. That's really nice. I'm really loving it. It's it's a new system for me, like only the last couple of months, but I'm really loving it and it's helping me a lot. And so I'm sort of doing this like dual to-doist and paper system and it's, it's working and I'm not duplicating work because the stuff that I'm writing down on paper isn't stuff that I would be putting into Todoist. Like the Todoist is more like exactly the tasks I need to be doing on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, I feel like what you've said there just really helped me frame something that I have struggled with for so long is I feel like I am constantly, both in my old job and in my new job, doing things collaboratively. So mm. I've never been able to have like an OmniFocus that is my work checklist because especially in my oh. old job where I was like a product manager, a lot of the things I was doing was seeing if somebody else had done their job. So it just doesn't fit in a task list because there are all these dependencies that you can't control. And then, yeah, so I think that's 
now that you're talking about collaboration, it just crystallized this for me that like the reason I haven't been able to have like a super clean, omnifocused, like your clean to do it system has kind <laughs> of, I think this is a part of it. And now it's really interesting. So we used to use Trello at work and it worked really well for like a dev team managing operation. Like you create a task for a developer, they move it along the board and then it's done. And then especially because when you're building software, you have like stages that like they've done it on their end and then you have to like put it into production. So it's like live for all of our users. And so those are like different yeah. stages that you're kind of like tracking progress through. So I think something like a Kanban board like Trello does or Jira, which is sort of a really popular dev I think it's Jira, Jira, I don't know. Yeah, Jira. Well, uh, at our work, Jira, they call it yeah, Jira. Yeah, so that's like really, po- I, and I think it's just because it works so well for like dev work. And I just feel like I'm constantly in this like in-between land where like I couldn't have a clean personal to-do list because a lot of what I was doing was dependent on what everyone else is doing. But then also the Kanban board, like I wasn't the one doing the work. So that also was like hard to kind of, I don't know, hard to... Yeah, hard to control or, like, personalize, right? Yeah, it's like, how do I make sure that I check that that ticket when it's gone into production is done? Because then also when, like, a developer says to me, like, oh, that's done, what they mean is they've kind of pushed it from their end. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's live in production, which could take who knows how long. It just totally depends on the, the scope of the operation you're working within. So... Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so now in my new job, we're using Asana. <laughs> I love Asana so much. <laughs> I, I swear, I was like giddy when I was being like onboarded to the team because I have had a crush on Asana for so long, but I've never oh had gosh. a reason to try it because I know it's technically possible to use it for a single person, but I think where it really shines is when you use it collaborative, collaboratively. I would not recommend using Asana as a single person. That's okay. So that's what I did when we started talking about, like when we started Make Work Work in some of our original conversations, I think I was talking about Todoist. I had just discovered Todoist because my last workplace before Buffer used Asana and I loved it. And then I went over to Buffer and they didn't use Asana or have like a shared system. And I was working primarily alone, which I think we've identified, like changes your system if you're collaborating versus working alone. So I just kept Asana because I was used to it. And then I was assigning all of the tasks (laughs) to myself so that they would show up. And it was like such a mess. And I was like, okay, this does not make sense at all. I'm going to move. And that's how I found Todoist. But I still just think Asana is so beautiful and such a sleek tool. And fun fact, we mentioned this from the last episode. Uh, Well, I'm not sure that we mentioned this explicitly, but uh, my friend Maya that we talked about, uh, who is a designer and illustrator, she's a designer and illustrator at no Asana. No way, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So we used to work together and now she's a, at ah, Asana. No wonder you weren't able to poach her for whatever you were. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I know. Well, I was trying to poach her for a buffer. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, apparently pretty great. But it brings me a lot of joy like to see her illustrations at Asana too. Ah, I'm like, oh, is she drawing that product. unicorn that like jumps around when you complete tasks? I have no idea. I can't be specific about that. But maybe it might have been her since she's a designer and oh illustrator. God. You should check in on that. I, can you can you spy for me? Because there's like when you've done like two or three tasks in a row, like it doesn't do it all the time because that would obviously be just too annoying. There's like a super excited unicorn that like jumps across your whole screen. <laughs> I love Asana. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. Oh my god. Apparently it's a setting. So if that kind of thing drives you crazy, like you obviously don't need to have that. But yeah, I I've I feel like I'm still learning the tool because it's really powerful and you can like cut and slice uh your task list in all these different ways. You can convert what is a checklist into like a Kanban board, which is like a Trello style ticket system. You can have like a um so I work on the marketing team. So we have like a marketing checklist and then tasks have you can have subtasks that are assigned to different people and I was actually having a marketing conversation earlier with uh this three of us on the marketing team it's like me one other person and then my boss and she was asking like how do we feel about all the tools that we're using and asking about Asana and her favorite thing about Asana is that a specific person you can only assign one person to a task so there's always like an owner to whatever work needs to be happening and that's also nice because, so we have like a marketing project, but the whole company is using Asana. So if I need to t- speak with developers, I need to speak with product managers, I need to speak with the CEO or the CTO, I can just assign things to them really easily. And yeah. someone on the team, I don't remember who said that they use it as like an accountability system. So you're able to track like, what am I accountable to, to the team? And that all happens in Asana. I love that so much. Uh, Asana was such a beautiful tool to use. I just want to mention that I am creeping Maya's Instagram, which we linked to last episode and we'll link to again this episode. And it doesn't look like she, well, if she did, she didn't share it. She, She didn't share the illustration of the unicorn doing a happy dance, but she did share an illustration of the unicorn that got turned into an enamel pin for like probably one of their conferences or for some sort of thing. Can you share that? specific one to me yes, i will verify I will send it to you <laughs> what a fun thing to create someone's uh instagram for unicorns yeah. can i see if that's the specific unicorn i'm talking about yeah is it no. the specific no that's unicorn not the you're specific thinking unicorn of? i'm thinking of i will take a screenshot if i can capture it i'm sure if you google asana unicorn you can actually find it but i will i'm gonna do oh, it okay mind Never mind. Okay. There's a happy unicorn. Asana is a beautiful product and it's you're using it for your whole team. That's really exciting. Yeah, and apparently they have a satellite office in Iceland. Um, I didn't know that till recently. Or I think so. Asana? Yeah. Oh. I might have to see if I can like, I don't know. I feel like I've heard about that a couple of times. I need to verify. I haven't met anyone from the Asana team in Iceland though. So maybe one day. Maybe yeah. one day. Interesting. Very cool. Yeah, I'm very jealous that you get to use Asana collaboratively for a team. Now that I'm collaborating with someone, we are, we she's also using Todoist. So uh. I think that Todoist has like shared, you can assign tasks to people if you have like a shared project. So I just have like shared work projects now, whereas I never did before. And um, that's a space where I can assign tasks. But it's, it's nice for me because I don't need to have two systems. Yeah, I go. think it totally makes sense to like reduce overheads. What was the real... I actually did something like that the other day because we're working with a third-party content agency, which is really exciting to me because, yeah, that's just so... They're all so freaking talented as well. And they just do all the work. And then they send me and they're like, what does that look like? And I'm like, that is literally phenomenal. And they're like, great, we'll upload it to your content system. And I'm like... Amazing. <laughs> like, that is incredible. <laughs> I have not had that luxury in my past, and I love it. Anyway, so they were, and they're so flexible. They're like, oh, what's your preferred content 
planning system and we said we we're using Asana. They created the content calendar initially in like a spreadsheet and they were like, oh, don't worry about it. We'll move it from the spreadsheet into Asana. And then wow. because of permission things, they weren't able to get into like our internal Asana. So they created a new Asana project or company for them with all of their work that had like priority uh, assignee. It was basically a spreadsheet with like six columns and like lots of lots of rows of like content that is planned. But it wasn't internal to our organization. And I was like, this is going to drive me crazy to constantly have to like go between the two. And I also yeah. realized I was able, and I felt like I was a ninja, I was able to export the project, export, like into like a file and then re-import it. So I was able to move the whole thing over and I was like, oh, that's Ooh. so cool. So <laughs> so much happiness. So, so now we have like a shared content calendar with like a third party you know, and everyone can be assigned to different things and we can like assign different people to review different work at different times. And it's like, it's such a powerful tool to use and it's been such a pleasure. And what's really exciting and interesting is we have so many more meetings that I'm used to as well, where there's always like these like retrospectives and how do you feel and all this kind of conversation, which I feel like is very, if you want to make fun of millennials, <laughs> like that's... But it's really interesting. And uh, one of the formats they use is you're supposed to talk about like what has gone well and what could go better. But then they have a section for like kudos. And someone who I've been working with pretty closely, like specifically kudos me, like on a company wide call for because we also use Notion, which I'm sure a lot of our listeners have heard about. This person specifically kudos me for knowing how to use all the tools so well. <laughs> how to use like Asana and Notion. And I was like, what? A, I First of all, I didn't even realize that was something you could notice about someone else. But yeah, this person was just like, oh, it's so great. Happy just knows how to use all these things. And I was like, oh, oh my God. I love that. I was like, what? I felt so like, also vindication on this podcast <laughs> for like our obsession <laughs> with all these tools and processes and workflows and everything. It's like paying off in a new job. Yeah. Worth it. Worth it. Yeah. Okay. So you use Asana and Notion primarily, would you say, at work? Yeah. So we, okay. And so this kind of leads into the OmniFocus thing. I think Notion does have some like to-do functionality where you can like tag people and communicate and that kind of thing. Um, I still wouldn't use it as like a task manager. What I find it really useful is basically storage. Like, I think it's really, really useful to, if there's just information that exists and needs to be referenceable in the company, I think Notion is a phenomenal platform for that kind of work where there's just like this documentation that needs to exist. And yeah. so we have been using it kind of like as a user manual. We have it as a list to like break down tools, whatever. And personally, I've also kind of been doing that where I was transitioning a lot of things from OmniFocus that were, weren't tasks. They were references. They were collections. They were ideas and things that could be turned into something, but they weren't yet tasks. So yeah. I just feel like everything has kind of perfectly come together where like, my OmniFocus is in a good place. It now just has tasks. My Notion, my personal Notion has like personal 
document. And what I mean is things like recipes, writing drafts, kind of overview planning things like what you're using your notebook for, like all these kind of ideas that are not really tasks, but like are nice to be able to find quickly. And then for work, yeah. it's like a same system. It's like a sauna is like a checklist. It's like, what do I do today? Here's the list of things I need to do today. And then Notion yeah. is like, here is a resource we've created and it deserves to exist, but it's not a task. So now it lives in Notion. And yeah. yeah. I love that your system works together so nicely I definitely yeah like drafts and stuff like that I mean I couldn't keep them in Todoist just because that's not how it's built but I yeah definitely that stuff does not does not live in Todoist for me it's interesting because I I agree with using Notion as like an internal wiki which is how we're doing it at Buffer but interestingly I don't think we've talked about this like you and I even um, we are looking to switch to Notion as a project manager I would be so so interested to see how that works. Um, I could show you. <laughs> are you already doing it or are you thinking about doing it? So we have it set up, but we're just doing it with like a small group of people while we get buy-in to see if we're going to, like obviously changing anything for a 90-person team is a massive undertaking. Mm-hmm. So there's a chance that this does not move forward, but it's the way that we have it set up right now looks really, really promising. And it's so interesting. So I have now been on calls where someone has taught me how to use Notion because I didn't know how to use Notion at all. And then my boss was the one that suggested, like, it might make sense for us to use Notion for internal transparency uh, just because our team is all over the place. Like, we have all sorts of different tools that we use. We use Dropbox Paper. Some people use Trello. Some people use Jira. Some people, you know, don't file their Dropbox paper docs in the right folder, so you might not be able to find them unless you ask them, so then you're asking people. And we're such a huge, like, I mean, tiny people isn't huge, but we're such a big company, and everything is transparent that it means that there's a lot of information, and it's hard to find mm-hmm. it. So anyways, we've we've been on a call with someone who, like, I've been on calls with a couple of people, some people who design Notion Spaces professionally, <gasps> which is what a oh cool job. Um, That's so cool. Yeah. So cool. And then the other one, he just ran his whole company in Notion and he just like gave us a breakdown of how he did it. So it's it's so interesting. So we're still in the process of rolling that out. I wouldn't say that tasks live there. Like I agree that like personal tasks probably don't need to live. I mean, they could live in Notion if you wanted them to. But the way that we're setting it up isn't so that personal tasks live in Notion. It's so that you could see all projects that anyone is working on or that any team is working on that are going on across the company wow. at any one time. So there's like a shared system. Yeah, this would be huge for us because you can't currently get that insight unless you like go everywhere and gather it. Like that information doesn't live in one place. Wow. I actually, because I feel like both of us kind of last year when everyone was hyping Notion so much did like a little bit of an eye roll and we were like, whatever. But like, I now feel like I've started to understand the kind of power that it has, especially when it comes to this kind of wiki, as you call it, like a storage, like you can my favorite feature so far and I know I'm probably using it at a super elementary 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 level thank you Um, this is what happens when you live in Iceland people your English just kind of goes out the window a little bit but you know (laughs) whatever (laughs) Um, yeah but like just the fact that you can have something that's a spreadsheet that you can then flip it into a gallery that you can then flip it into a board like it's just so nice that you can kind of play around with the presentation of content in this way. But I'll be super curious to see how it works as a project management system. Yeah, I feel like I'm gonna need I'm yeah. gonna need an update on that for sure. Well, 
Let me tell you that what you're talking about with spreadsheet, which is what they call databases in Notion, um, databases are so powerful. And I think for Notion, I was initially like definitely with you on the eye roll because I was like, everyone is overhyping this. And every time everyone overhypes something, I'm like a little bit skeptical. And I had not seen the power in Notion until multiple people showed me how they run their entire companies on Notion. Then I was like, oh my gosh. And the key is these databases, which are kind of like super customizable and powerful spreadsheets where you can input data and then every item is its own page. The place where it gets really powerful is when you connect these databases to each (gasps) other. So like the databases that we have, that we have set up for like that we're looking to use for the company is a database that's teams. So like communications is a team, marketing is a team, engineering is a team. And then a database that is projects, self-explanatory, and a database that's tasks, meeting notes, and objectives. So that's five databases, but they're all connected. So you could go to a certain team and then click on that team and then see all of the projects that they have. And then within a project, you could see all of the tasks. And these aren't like individual tasks. These are like tasks where there's a shared stakeholder or something like this is like large enough mm-hmm. that it's it needs to be a part of the project, like almost like the stages of a project. And they're all connected. So you would be able to see who's working on what, what projects are they working on? What were the meeting notes that happened for this project? What are the meeting notes where this person was present? Like, the power of Notion, when I finally realized how it, not how it's supposed to be used, but like one of the applications that truly applies to me, I had this moment of like, I understand why people are obsessed with Notion because, oh my goodness, this is so powerful. And before that, I didn't understand. I had like a moment on a call with my boss when we were going through this where I was like, oh my goodness, I understand now why people think this is so powerful. Like, I can't believe that we were just able to create what we just created. That's incredible. I love that. I was having, so one of the things I was tasked with, which was a super fun project for starting a new company, was um, doing team spotlights. So oh, I was fun. interviewing, yeah, I was interviewing everyone on the team and my pitch was basically like, hey, can I talk to you for like half an hour, basically just about yourself and what you're working on? And everyone was like, yeah, I'm free. <laughs> so, and one of the uh, developers I was talking with who is... Um, super kind of UX focus was like the user experience. And he's really committed to making sure everything is super flawless on the user experience side. He just talked about how like so many of the kind of powerful tech functions that has been kind of walled off behind like such a high barrier to entry and such like a steep learning curve. Like it's been made so accessible with all these tools that are so, so powerful. And I feel like what you just said is like, not even like 10 years ago, but maybe like five years ago, maybe even two years ago, you would have needed to be like uh, some kind of database genius to unlock that potential. And that just creates overhead that like, you're not just able to do it as I say in quotation marks, like a layman, you know, as someone who is not an expert in that specific thing. And yeah, it's, yeah, it's so cool that we have these tools. And I mean, Notion is free for an individual person. It's I love that it's like these tools that are like that powerful. Obviously, when you're using these like multi-user functionality, you start paying for it. But I love that these tools are just, people can just use it, like anyone. Yeah, yeah. And I uh, while we're talking about Notion, if you have not experienced it, but you don't want to sign up for an account, you can go to our bookshelf, which was created in Notion, and still kind of like see what it looks like and experience it there. So I think we share that 
in one of the last episodes, but we'll link to it again in this episode because our brand new bookshelf is all in Notion, and that's a good example. That's a database. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not a good example of connecting databases because it's just itself, but it's a good example of like, wow, you can filter by like author, you can filter by all these other things, like who read it. We've tagged if I read it, if Habby read it, or if we both read it. So if you wanted to see like, what are the books that both of you have read? You could filter it by that, which is just so cool. And like my favorite feature is also like what you're saying that like every cell can become a page. So yes, you can. And this was I feel like this is like the next iteration of our bookshelf vision, which is, you know, the notion example is like we can add quotes and comments and even like a whole blog post to a single cell in a spreadsheet. And if you're looking at yeah. it, if you're not a Notion user already, and I swear Notion is not paying us to say this, um, you can go, I would recommend find the little toggle where you can go from like a table to a board or something. I don't know what we called it, but there's like a toggle right next to the title of the of the spreadsheet. Well, it's the view the change. View change. Yeah. So you can view the database either as a board or as a table or there's as a calendar. There's a lot yeah, of and I think views. that's just so cool. And that's how we planned our initial content calendar that then actually got moved to Asana. But now I'm thinking like maybe that was like a rookie mistake to be like not utilizing. <sighs> I still find Asana beautiful, but if you want to do a walkthrough where I show you like what we're doing internally, uh, I would be super happy to do that. I'm yes. so sold on this now that like the organization I volunteer with the founder of the organization we jumped on this long call and we were talking about like volunteer projects that everyone's working on and there's like a specific volunteer project that I'm working on which is related to career stuff surprise (laughs) surprise um and she was just like oh I need a system for organizing projects and I was like have you heard of Notion and we like jumped on a call and I set up a Notion for her with like okay we can do like the the volunteer team and then the projects and then like the cities like all of the it's like an international organization so like all the projects are connected to different cities uh and I like set up this free notion for her and I was like oh I think I'm I think I'm on the bandwagon. I think I'm, I think I'm sold. <laughs> I am not an early adopter. Oh I'm my God. like, I would not describe myself <laughs> as that. But so I am like way past the bandwagon, maybe like slowly, like watching the bandwagon move off. And I'm like, hey, you guys were right. Like, honestly, this, as you were talking, I was like, what a perfect demonstration. Like, I couldn't have set it up better of like, Haley is not an early adopter. <laughs> not an early adopter. <laughs> that was the only thing I was thinking. But then... <laughs> I like my systems and I processes the way that they are. Then, but then you, you, you immediately move from like, oh, this is new and I hate it, into like an advocate. You are almost like a... What do you, yeah. you call those people that like... Set, like a missionary. No, what do you call those people that like are sent... I think advocate no. was like the right word. Mission, oh, like you take like a step further. You're like, yeah, I think it talking is. Talking through your sister about her birthday, and you're like, you need a Notion database. <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> I am not setting my sister up on Notion. The poor thing, she's gone through so many. <laughs> I think I got her on Trello at one point. I don't even use Trello very much anymore. Like, yeah, I, I, my brother makes fun of me for this. Where I'm like, I told him that one day I told him, I was like, I like it so much. I talk about them for free. And he was like, you do that for everything. <laughs> With like only the voice that like a little brother could use when he's judging you. But yeah, which I think it's great that we have this space for the podcast because I do like talking about the things that I love using. And Notion is now one of them. But I do not use Notion personally. So like at all. I just used to do this personally. But Notion I'm now using for work and for this volunteer organization. What I don't understand though about your to do is 
I don't know. Maybe I don't understand me or maybe I don't understand everyone else. But like my personal OmniFocus has so many freaking different things in there that even your to do Mm -hmm. list that includes your work. And I already explained that, like, I don't even have my work stuff. My OmniFocus has like a million different tasks. And that is like after a super thorough clean. (laughs) That's the only way I can describe it. It's still at it's still at one million. It went down from like two million. Uh, wait, I'm gonna open it. It's just like, wait. I guess I have all of my financial stuff in there, and you probably don't have that in there. I have some financial stuff under personal, like just like different actions that I need to take at different mm-hmm. times in the month. Okay, I'm I'm just. What's your okay? Because I can quickly tally. Let me tally through my different projects how many tasks I have in Todoist today, and I want to know what your number is for how many tasks you have in. Omnifocus. Do you mean for today, or do you mean for no? Just how many tasks total you have? I mean, like right now, I said today, not due today. I mean, like right now, what is the number of tasks that you have total in your entire system? Okay. Wait, how am I these able up. to even find that? I don't even know that. Oh, really? Oh my god, I'm like breaking the computer trying to figure this out. Oh, wait, hold on. Don't break the computer. We need it and love it. (laughs) I think that I maybe have more tasks in here than you think I I hope so, because I'm like, what am I? Like, I don't (sighs) think my life is like bigger or something than like other people's, you know. I think it's like we probably do a comparable amount of things, you know, if, if, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, wow. I was not expecting this number. I'm going to check that this is correct. God, I wish I knew how to find this. Wait, this is going to be a Google search. Yeah, application not responding. (laughs) I just broke my OmniFocus. So I also have my grocery list in here, but this is still like, I think, more tasks than you would think that I have in here. I have few sections. Again, minimalism. Don't tell me till I am able to find my number. Okay, find your number. I'm really, really curious what your number is. <laughs> me as well. But I'm like, I keep breaking it. It's like force quit, force quit. <laughs> Stop force quitting. Um, okay, actually, I think this is, this is maybe not like not the exact number, but this is pretty close. And okay. keep in mind, this is after like deep clean, what I would call a deep clean. After a deep clean. Yeah. I don't even have a guess for you about what that number could be. I do you have a guess See, for me? Okay, this is this is my question because I feel like for you, I have here. I'm looking at your screenshots that you provided for the internet. You have like for the internet twenty for buffer. Like I'm approximating like twenty for buffer, twenty for personal. You have your shopping list in there, sure. Then you have like twenty. Oh, for I see. And ten for your personal yep. one. So you maybe have like 60, 70, 80, something like that. Okay. Oh, is that your guess? Do you want me to tell you? Am I allowed to tell you now? So I feel like, do you want the scale or do you want the exact number? Uh, let's try an exact number. All right. I think you have 67. No. Okay. 80. I'm going to just. Oh, okay. Final answer. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to give a guess. I'm going to guess that yours is around 157. Okay. Okay, okay, what's your number? Okay, so... No, I guess it's your number first. Why is this such a weird thing to reveal? I don't know. <laughs> this is, uh, okay, I, 
I added up every single task that is currently in my Todoist, which is including, again, grocery items. So, like, broccoli is on there, which is not a task. (laughs) I get it, yes. It's on my Todoist. Um, My total number was 99. See, now I feel like we're actually in the same family because my total number, and I think it is the whole number, is 122. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay, nice. I can't believe I've dropped I'm trying to like virtual high five. Yeah, I just to feel us. like after all of our conversations about how we are like, you know, apples and oranges with everything we do, how did we land on such a like a close, similar? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I'm proud of us. We have a thing in common. <laughs> I mean, we have lots of things in common, but we tend to approach things from really different angles. Yeah. Just proof when we're not using the same system here. <laughs> Oh my god! And also, by the way, my life is going to be so much more simplified when I don't have all the different bank accounts anymore. So my general overall, yeah, I'm so I jealous. Cannot wait for that. I was actually just I have a really sad project in my OmniFocus now. That is, it's not a project; it's a folder. And yeah, my my sad folder is called UK Life Shutdown, which is really sad. Aww. is there a little sad face emoji with the no? Folder? It's just the UK, like the UK flag. But then it has services to cancel and obviously like related tasks. And that is like 15 different things that tend to be recurring and I get to cancel all of it. And I cannot wait for that. That's so exciting. Yeah. That's exciting. I'm so jealous because I will probably just always have bank accounts in the U.S. and Canada while I'm living in the U.S., which is probably for, I don't know. A really, well, really I probably will time. keep like one of my bank accounts. Yeah, but you won't have to like check it or manage it as much, no, right? It will just exist, kind of thing. And then <sighs> I won't have yeah. bills. In, I currently have bills in different countries because I'm paying off my student loan in Iceland. And then I obviously have all my life, normal life bills in the UK. Yeah. I don't have bills in multiple countries. So that is like nice. an, I genuinely had like for so long, like a monthly checklist that was move money between countries to cover some bills that were in different countries. And then just all the associated kind of overheads with like making sure there's like money in the correct bank accounts, making sure this bill got paid. And then because especially in the UK, I don't know if this is the case in other countries, but I feel like they are constantly messing around with your tariffs and with your subscriptions and they are charging you the wrong amount. And oh yeah, they are like, Honestly, I think after living in the UK, every other place is going to be a breeze because it's just like there are just so many processes with everything. And everything is like, oh, it's a phone call here. And then you have to be on hold. And then you have to do it this way. And then you have to do it exactly that other way. And like they give you your council tax, which is like your local tax you have to pay. Um, They give you that bill annually. And then you have to ask to have it not annually. Like there's just like a million things Mm -hmm. like that. And I think Iceland is just so much smaller. It's going to be so much more simple. So that's an exciting. Yeah, that is exciting. What a nice next chapter. Uh, Okay, shout outs. Shout outs. You go first. Okay, so the first... Shout out is to someone we have mentioned on the podcast before. I don't even know if we've ever talked about this, but I know her in real life Yeah, uh, from my time living in San Francisco. But shout out to Andrea, who 
has a really awesome workspace, sent us some photos. We haven't posted it on Instagram yet, but by the time this episode is out, we will have posted it on Instagram. So she sent us some really cool photos of her workspace. So if you have photos of your workplace, please send them to us, uh, hello at makework.work. And Andrea also wrote us a really lovely review. So thank you, Andrea, and yeah. shout out to you. Thank you so much for the lovely review and for sending the photos. The next one also comes from someone I actually personally know, and I think she didn't used to listen to the podcast. Like, she knew about the podcast. She, we were friends from LinkedIn, but I didn't know she was listening to the podcast. And she just texted me something that was so sweet. And I think it was the episode 16. She, like, was prompted to send the note, which I think is all the, like, personality tests and all the big oh, reveal. So and I think that was probably one of our most, like, fun episodes because it was just kind of silly and, you know. And she just said, and I just love that she found it uplifting. She included that and she sent this to me during the lockdown. So it's just really special that uh, to me that people are listening in these kind of hard times and finding it. Um, and this is what she said. She said she found it entertaining, informative and uplifting. And that I is like that. the three words that just means so much to me that people are, you know, that's the reaction. So thank you to my friend who sent that to me. Yay. The next one is also someone that you know, although, I mean, I guess you haven't met in person yet. Oh, right. So, yeah. Wait, let me find it. Yeah. So this is so exciting. So my new colleague, uh, when I shared that we got into the podcasting program, that obviously I have zero chill about, as has been made abundantly clear <laughs> by this podcast, she just shared like, a super supportive message and like a dancing senorita and champagne glasses and like a woo and everything. And I just, it's so nice to start a new job and already feel so supportive from all your different colleagues. So I just, you know, that was just so special and nice. Yeah. And then speaking of the podcast mentorship group, we got a lovely message from someone in the group, Jay, who listened to the podcast and liked it. So we'll we'll also link to him and his podcast because he yeah, also Yeah, and I'm actually super excited to start listening to, because so the mentorship program, it's actually a group of, I think it's nine of us. Is that true? Yeah. yeah. Which I freaked out because that feels like so few to me, you know, like every yeah. one of us are going to get like so much attention. So yeah. That was super exciting. And I love that people are being so proactive and already listening to like our podcast. And I can't wait to hear everyone else's work and see what comes out of this mentorship program. Yeah. And then final shout out to our favorite, Jan. Yes. Uh, so shout out to Jan. If you need any audio mixing, uh, our episodes sound infinitely better <laughs> thanks to Jan helping. So we are listeners.com if ever you need audio mixing for like an audio project or a podcast yeah, or something. Check like that. out Jan at we are listeners.com. Mm-hmm. 